2: Down the street with the green way down low Ain't no sound, but the sound of speed Machine guns ready to go Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? Out of the doorway, the bullets rip to The sound of the beat, yeah Another one bites the dust Another one bites the dust And another one gone, and another one gone Another one bites the dust, yeah
3: Oh, yeah. Substituting for Frank Murano. Let me give you a little inside story, ladies and gentlemen. And unfortunately, I'm stuck with his crew. Matt Blaze, no doubt a fugitive from law with a name like that, with many aliases. And then, of course, we have uh, Ken, the runway model that Frank Murano is. Uh, infatuated with. Gee, I hope there's not a polyamorous situation going on that uh, we don't know about. But anyway, you can do no wrong in the eyes of Frank Morano. You're still not, but it doesn't matter. And then, of course, there's the brown nose producer of all things in the nighttime on the worst side of the other side of midnight. And that's Alex, who's got his nose so far up, Frank Morano's tuchus that he has earned uh, that uh, title of the Brown Nose. But let me mention that uh, Frank had some problems the other the other night. He was trying to hypnotize some of his listeners, and uh, it just didn't work. Uh, if you got to hypnotize people to listen to you, you're in trouble. So he's gone to talk radio boot camp to go back to the basics. I mean, when uh, folks in the talk radio industry from California to New York— from North Dakota to Texas, heard that Frank Morano was so desperate he had to start hypnotizing listeners. They said, Frank, you're a very dear friend of ours. We've known you in the talk radio industry for years and years, first as an intern from NYU, a guy who was a violet, then eventually as a producer for a number of shows, and then eventually hosting his own show, and now a nationally syndicated show from coast to coast, so his colleagues from Talkers Magazine have said, Frank, you need to come to the talk radio boot camp. We need to re-up you, reboot you, and get you back on track. Because if you've got to hypnotize listeners in order to listen to you, man, that's trouble.
0: How dare you?
3: Let me tell you, uh, I in the future will do an exorcism of Frank Marano listeners. Uh, I did this once before for Art Bell, that Looney to from parts unknown when he dominated overnights right across the nation. I'm going to take it a few steps further. At some point, when I'm asked to substitute for Frank Morano again, I will actually conduct exorcism of his callers. Very similar to what you saw when Linda Blair's head spun around off her shoulders. And The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. I did that before with Art Bell, that Looney Kazuni from Parts Unknown. He did not object to that. He welcomed the fact that I was able to straighten out some of his listeners who got back on track. And to all of those who were hypnotized to try to listen to Frank Murano. I apologize profusely. This happens when you're... When you're really running on fumes. When all of a sudden you've tried everything in the Felix the Cat bag of talk radio tricks. And I know I've been in that situation before. And out of desperation you say, let me bring in a hypnotist. Let me see. Get out the gold watch. Tick tock. I'll do anything to try to get listeners to listen to me. Listen to me longer. Listen to me every day of their life. Podcasts and all. Well, guess what? I don't go that route. And look. You've been talking about the sideshow, the three stooges who are on the road, right? Kanye West, that Looney kazoonie from parts unknown. Milo Yiannopoulos, who at one point claimed he was gay, got involved in a gay marriage. Now he claims he's straight. Sure you are, Milo. And boy neo-Nazi Fuentes. We'll talk about that later on because, as I mentioned with Dominic Carter, just before I came on to the airwaves. I know, I've already seen this. I've seen this before. We saw it with Gibson. Uh Gibson. To a degree, we saw it with Bobby Fischer, right? Bobby Fischer, a Jew, born a Jew in Brooklyn, who went off to uh, Slobovan Milosevic, uh, the killer of the Balkans, and uh, went to Serbia. Very eccentric, right? You got to call them eccentric when they're successful in what they do. Other than that, you call them a nut job. And decided to cast dispersions against Jews, and everybody said, well, Bobby Fischer, you're a Jew. That's right. And who would know better about Jews than me being a Jew? Cuckoo, cuckoo, Mel Gibson. And as I told you, Mike Tyson one time told him, Look, Mel, I raped a woman. I went to jail. I've been in fights. I've done crazy things in my life. People hated me. And then all I did is get on a few shows like The View and all the women there, the hens, right? And I started crying. Oh! Oh, they love me now like I'm a teddy bear. All you got to do is fake the tears. You're an actor. You're a thespian. Earn an Academy Award. And always ask for the box of Kleenex that they always have out on the stage. And then just (laughs) Don't worry. It's not an unmanly thing to do to save your career. Especially when you've been branded an anti-Semite. Oh, but anyway, we're getting into that the next hour. And then, oh, we're going to talk about... Money that's out there on highways all across the nation. It's always usually a brink truck. I don't know what the guards do. They leave the back door open. And as they're heading down I-5 or whatever interstate it is, bags of moolish moolah fall out. This scat the lettuce. this I mean, and then people start going wild. Except nowadays, you know, because everybody's got to be, uh, you know, like, got to be on uh, the Internet. I got to film it, man. I got to scream into the camera, look, I got all this money. Schmucks, putzes, and you put it up on your social networking. And then five o comes looking for you. And then we got to talk about the greatness of talk radio. I am going to play you some cuts in the last hour. They're preventing me from doing even more. Because you know me, I'd be going all night, all day, 24-7, 365. They've limited me only to four hours. Hey, man, that's just a, a warm-up. That's a jump start for yours, truly, Curtis Leroy. But we're going to talk about the intricacies of really good talk radio. As Frank Morano has been sent off to Radio Talk Boot Camp, try to re-up, re-gear, recharge his batteries so that he doesn't have to use technology any longer and actually have you, the listeners, hypnotized in order to listen to him to begin with and listen to him longer. All you gotta do is good talk radio. And by the way, uh, whereas everybody is like just totally like, oh man, I gotta watch Yee Yee, whatever the hell his name is today Yeezy, you know, uh, Kanye. Don't worry. I guarantee you tomorrow he'll be saying the same thing on some other show, right? And probably worse, he's gonna hype it. We'll get to him in the next hour, okay? Uh, You know, uh, don't believe the hype, okay? Let me just tell you that. Don't believe the hype so scripted anytime a guy named milo gets involved let me tell you something right hey that's like dino de Laurentis right oh this is gonna be an extravaganza we're gonna milk this for all it's worth but anyway let's move on to a far more serious problem because it could cause financial implosion around the world and then guess what we the sucker taxpayers in new new york and america are going to be expected to bail out the Bitcoin bandits, the blockchain criminals, and the cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers. Oh, and they're all out there. They're all out there. They're lining up already. I got to tell you, there are a number of these so-called financial institutions that have decided, hey, it's time to declare bankruptcy. And I'm not just talking Sam Bankman Freed. Remember, there is a principle that has guided me every step of the way in my life from 68 years. Never trust anybody with three names. Sam Bankman Freed of FTX. How the hell could a million people invest in a guy who looks like a teenager who needs clear assault, who fell out of a bunk bed in summer camp in a drug-induced psychosis? He's scratching his belly and saying, yeah, I can make you a lot of money. Just buy into my scam." It's called Samcoin, which is now Scamcoin. The guy claims he only has a hundred thousand dollars left out of thirty-two billion and a million suckers invested in him. We're gonna get down to the nitty-gritty of who and they're trying to say, Oh, you know, he's the darling of Democrats. Wait a second. No 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 no. He gave a lot of dark money and a lot of packs to Republicans, and this guy there's no more bigger Republican. Then uh, Peter Thiel, as you know, big Trumper. Also a guy who's gay, who has been out in front and said, look, I love Trump. I'm a Republican. You know, Republicans accept gays and lesbians and non-binary. I don't know. I didn't hear that one. Well, We'll get to that. We'll touch on that later on. But even Peter Thiel took a huge hit in the collapse of FTX. And he goes, I don't know if I can suck this one up. Let me tell you, this is hurting a lot of whales out there. They don't want to admit it. You know, like hush, hush, mush, mush. This kid who looks like he's fifteen, who needs clearosol for his pimples, he bamboozled us, he suckered us, he used fiscal technology. Yeah, because it was too good to be true. So, um you who are a fugitive from Law Matt Blaze, no doubt about it, with multiple aliases. I have reported you to HR, and they are doing an intensive Interpol background check on you. Soon you'll be protected by the Bahamian uh, government, crooked as they are, as they have provided a sanctuary for Sam Bankman-Fried. Never trust anybody with three names. And the ten of his fellow graduates from MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're the brightest. They're the best. Yeah, the best white-collar criminals and rip-off artists as they uh, luxuriate. On the island of Bahamas, with the complete protection of the Bahamian crooked government, as their polyamorous, fornicating, copulating, and taking Adderall all day, the legal form of amphetamines. It's like Alfred E. Newman in Mad Magazine. What me worry, right? This guy comes out, the New York Times is interviewing, what a disgraciata that was. And all of a sudden, he's got flies buzzing around his head. I said, man, that's like Alfred E. Newman in Mad Magazine. Anyway, let's get down to it because six months ago, he was the golden child. He was the prince of Wall Street. He could do no wrong. Sam Bankman freed.
4: How did you do this
1: so quickly? I mean, your company is two years old, and you're doing something like $400 billion worth of volume per month, which is 25 times what you did a year ago. How did you get the uptake
5: uh, at scale so fast? You know, it, it was really just a lot of small things put together, a lot of decisions that we've made around how to build the product, trying to be as responsive as we can to customers, to regulators, to counterparties. And, you know, uh, you know, honestly, from our perspective, it's it sometimes feels like the world is just going sort of in slow motion around us and that we're going at, you know, about an average speed by our standards. Ooh,
3: my fiscal guru, Sam Bankman-Fried, take my money, please invest it in Sam Coins, aka scam coins. No, sorry, like Bernie Madoff. Sorry, uh, we've had enough investors. You'll have to wait online. You know, we got to make this. We got to make this a um, a uh, what do we call this? A limited edition, right? Sam Coin, Bitcoin bandit that I am. He turned it into scam coin. Says he only has ten thousand, hundred thousand dollars left to live on. Oh, let's all pull out our Kleenex and cry for Sam Bankman-Fried. Remember what I said: I never trust anybody with three names. But every time I see this bandit, this Bitcoin bandit, I say to myself, "What is he comparable to? What movie out there did I ever see in which I saw this scene before?" Ah, ah, Doctor Evil. Very well. Where do
6: I begin? My father was a relentlessly self-improving boulangerie owner from Belgium with low-grade narcolepsy and a penchant for buggery. My mother was a 15-year-old French prostitute named Chloe with webbed feet. My father would womanize, he would drink, he would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. Sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy. The sort of... General malaise that only the genius possess and the insane lament. My childhood was typical. Summers in Rangoon, luge lessons. In the spring, we'd make meat helmets. When I was insolent, I was placed in a burlap bag and beaten with reeds. Pretty standard, really.
3: Should have hit you hard. It turns out his parents were very esteemed Stanford University professors with tenure he grew up in Palo Alto, of course, with all the other scam mongers in Silicon Valley. And he just wanted to do good. He said, I just wanted to help the world. I was going to use my wealth to help the poor, the impoverished, to fight climate change and global warming, to bring peace in our lifetime, to turn uh, missiles into plowshares so that we could have a world where we could sing Kumbaya together. And schmucks invested in him. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, he said. And then his number one investor was his competitor, the evil Zhao. Zhao, a product of uh, Emperor G, Emperor for life. In fact, the Emperor for life G in Red China said, Zhao, you go out there and you destroy capitalism as they know it. And you do it as a Bitcoin bandit, a man who we have given a lot of red Chinese yen in order to create Binance. And then you go out there and you go out and purposefully destroy this business that Americans love, the capitalists love all over the world. Here was Yao who invested originally in FTX. Sam Bankman Fried was his friend for five years.
5: On a very personal basis, how you think about Sam? And, and the reason I ask is I think at some point, obviously, you were friends. You were his original investor in all of this. Can you fathom that yeah. he lied to you like this, if that's the case?
2: Yeah, so I'm very shocked that I, I, I obviously did not know him until about a week or so ago. Um, so I'm, I'm just shocked. Um, I'm I'm shocked that, you know, he lied to everybody.
5: You didn't know him
7: till a week ago? I didn't know what kind of person. I didn't know that he lied to everybody until a week, a week ago.
3: This guy who's the main investor in FTX. And he said, oh, up until a week ago, I had no idea who this guy was. You're going to believe these people, ladies and gentlemen. And yet there are a million suckers out there who have been conned. Men of tremendous knowledge and fiscal ability. In fact, let me go to uh, Steve Moore, renowned internationally as a financial analyst. A man who is um, into wealth management, but he had to acknowledge that his own wealth was depleted because, yes, he invested in FTX.
7: Well, okay. Uh, well, first of all, John, I'm going to need a little loan if I could get one because I invested <laughs> all my
4: money with FTX. Oh, my
2: God.
4: <laughs> so, Dude, you can stand uh, like the I, How
8: did they say it in the <laughs> movies? Tell me it isn't true. Tell me it isn't true.
7: <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think you want to take my investment advice. You want to take Ryan's investment advice.
3: Yeah, I ain't taking your investment advice, pal. Well, at least he was honest. You realize how many whales out there, men and women of great wealth, got suckered into this, and they're just going to write it off. You think they're going to do what Steve Moore did and acknowledge that a guy in the Bahamas, right, was telling you, okay, I'll finally let you into our little club. But I tell you, in order for you to buy the Sam Bitcoins, it's an offshore operation. We run the exchange. In order for you to participate, you got to send your money To us, we'll keep it in the exchange. We'll keep your Sam coins, a.k.a. scam coins, in the exchange. We'll give you a PIN number. You can check on your account at any moment of the day. If you lose your PIN number, sucker, it's all ours. And there are dozens of people who either lost their PIN number or they changed the PIN number on them. And then all of a sudden, bye-bye. Why would you invest in a company offshore that's protected by a bunch of crooks from Bahamas and by a group of graduates of MIT who acknowledged that they took Adderall all day, the legal form of amphetamines, and were polyamorous? That meant they were having sex with trees, sex with one another, sex hanging from the ceilings. Uh, sex with four, five, six different people a day all together like it was Caligula, like it was Plato's retreat, openly acknowledging that. And he was saying, well, yeah, but look at my portfolio. Look, I invested $100,000. And look, if I were to calculated it up, it's worth millions now. Yeah, try to get the millions, huh? And hey, where's your pin number? Oh, it worked here last week. Sorry, wrong number. No, but, but please, it's my money. Could you give me the PIN number? Sorry, you lose your PIN number, it's ours. And yet the suckers kept lining up. Oh, man, the returns are too good to be true. Too good to be true. And then a sleaze bag of the worst type, a man named Scarmucci, right? They call him the Mooch because he's constantly Mooching money. Remember, he was the spokesperson for all of a nanosecond in the Trump administration i think 12 days while he get half in the bag at night and scream curses at reporters i mean this guy right a real classy guy wants to tell the world about his relationship with ftx and the infamous sam bankman-fried
9: full disclosure you know i i liked him i had a relationship with him uh, he was the chief sponsor of the SALT conference. You know about the SALT conference. I've been doing it for 10 or 12 years um, I entered into a relationship with him in August where I sold him 30% of the company. Thank God I didn't sell him more than that uh, you know, He gave me cash. He asked me to put 10 million of the cash into those FTT tokens in the spirit of that partnership I, I decided to do that those tokens went to zero um, I'm a big boy and I had to take losses did he report it to the IRS?
3: Hey, now that we have, what, 8 million new IRS agents based on that stimulus bill that was passed by uh, Joe Biden, the schmuck to putz, Chuck e. Cheese, Schumer, right, and Nancy Pelosi. Can we go after Scalmucci and see if he paid taxes on that 10 million? I'm telling you, he did. You know, Scalmucci reminds me of a boiler room operation, you know, Uh, young teenagers that uh, the Bonanno family would recruit in the basement in Bensonhurst and do pump and dump Penny Scott's uh, stock schemes, right? Looks like that's where he made his bones. And then he asked the question, why is the media beating up on his very dear friend, the Bernie Madoff of our lifetime, Sam Bankman Freed?
9: Ultimately, he's going to have to answer for this. I don't you know, I don't understand why he's getting this sort of treatment from the American media where what? they're they're fawning over him for 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 this what
3: you because of you you had these conferences in which you put him up on a pedestal, you turned him into the golden child of finance scarmucci did you pay taxes on that ten million bucks? you know he didn't, and then of course, what did he have to say? <laughs> After company after company is going bankrupt, you know Chapter Eleven. Sorry, you can't get your money. We've closed our window because we're imploding. Crypto lender block file files for Chapter Eleven. So what does Scamucci say?
9: Thirty seconds so, to go, Anthony. Should yeah. cryptocurrency just die altogether? It's not going to die. Said it's already out. The beast is already out of the cage. You know the question is: Will these use cases proliferate? I think that they will. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a long-term bull, and I'm sitting in my positions. Unlevered, though. Stay unlevered, and don't invest more than you can afford to lose. That is great uh, advice right
3: there. Anthony Scaramucci, it is great to catch up with you. I hope you did. I the whole family doing well. You, He's still pumping Bitcoin. He's got an investment, right? He said, go ahead. doesn't matter that the whole industry is imploding. Keep investing in it, because I'm getting a piece of the action. And then, oh, yes, oh, oh, yeah. Then, then, what was it on Tuesday? Sam Bankman Freed. No, make that Wednesday. Appeared at a New York Times conference of the old gray lady. You would have thought he would have been ashamed of himself. He would have apologized. He would have said, right now, I feel like a Japanese member of the Financial Society of Yamamoto. And that I should take a knife out and commit Harry Carey (laughs) right in front of all of you. But to be honest, it's not going to be good for anybody.
0: You said FTX has a responsibility to seriously consider stepping into the time to save companies. Why did you have that sense of responsibility?
5: It's not going to be good for anyone long term. If we have real pain, if we have like real blowouts and... Uh, and it's not fair to customers. And uh, it's not going to be good for regulation. It, like, it's not going to be good for anything. And, and so from a longer-term perspective, it's just that was what was important for, for the ecosystem. It's what was important for customers. And it was what was important for people to be able to operate in the ecosystem without being terrified that unknown unknowns were going to blow them up somehow.
3: God. He is so annoying, right? He sounds like a young Trenton Tarantino, right? He is so freaking annoying. Lock him up! Lock him up now! Why are we not extraditing him to the the United States? Why are we not taking him out in chains and shackles and having him do a purport? If a black guy his age were to come into an ATM vestibule and put a bar of Irish Spring soap in your back and say, hey, give me that money you just took out of the ATM machine. Well, we 25 years to life. This guy steals $38 billion. And he goes, it's not going to be good for anybody if I go to jail. <laughs> and they're like, they're nodding their heads at the New York Times. Oh, that's right. This man is a genius, man. Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And you ever see that movie? Remember that movie there where this young man, Matt Damon, was mopping the floors at MIT? But he was a genius, a genius, who won an Academy Award. Who knows? He might be able to rebound, go back to MIT, mop floors, and work his way back up. Not... Hey...
1: The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano.
3: Could, could we, could we deport this guy, Justin Bieber, Bieber, whatever? I, he really, he bothers me. I want to deport him back to Canada. I really, I really, you know, it's like there are two people from Canada I wanna, I want to deport back. Justin Bieber, Bieber, whatever, who says he can't move his face any longer? He's paralyzed. Well, I want him to recover from that. But I want him out of our country. I want to deport him to Canada. I want ICE to take him out in chains and shackles. And then the other one who I loathe, I hate, I despise. William Shatner, Captain Kirk. He needs to be deported to Canada. There is no bigger egomaniac in the world. You need a crane to get him in and out of a room. I've heard his interviews with his sickle fan, Tony and Lackey, Frank Marano in the past. Oh, my God. You would think that the whole world hangs on every word that trips from his lips. And I would say to you, William Shatner, when they bring you back to Canada in chains and shackles, supported by ice, I want them to take you to your former home, where at poolside they said that your wife drowned. And I want the RCMP, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, Dudley do and his trusty steed to investigate your involvement with that. God, I hate that man so much. I really do. Every time I hear him on the Frank Marano Show, I just want to take my hand, stick it down the microphone, and strangle the life out of him. I realize he's a senior citizen, right? Too bad we can't put him on a rocket. Elon Musk and just shoot him out into the universe and let him let him rotate around Uranus. God I hate him I make my point clear, but anyway let 's get back on track here because Jim Craner, who was so annoying to me, cNBC you know Baldy there Jim Kramer, who's only claim to fame. Is that he was college roommates with Elliot Spitzer. That's right, remember Elliot Spitzer, governor of New York, who every time he would fornicate and copulate with prostitutes, he would transport across uh, state lines, clearly violating the Federal Man Act. He always wore his knee socks. Remember, that was his claim to fame. Whatever freaky, deaky thing he paid for with a prostitute, he was wearing knee socks. And then, remember, the feds moved in on him and the Mayflower Hotel in D.C. and said, Elliot, you can either go to a camp fed for a while or you could exit stage left and depart being governor. And then all of a sudden, the phone rang in the lieutenant governor's residence and my husband-in-law, a.k.a., now the um, stepfather of my oldest son, Anthony who is also an intern at our mothership station here at WABC. He woke up and they said, you're the governor. He said, what? You're the governor. Now you know the rest of the story of Governor David Patterson. But I mean, think of that. Jim Cramer's claim to fame at CNBC. How many times has he called predictions on stocks and people have just lost every nickel, diamond, penny they've had? Time and time again. Five days, five days after FTX imploded, right? Sam Bankman-Fried declared bankruptcy. $32 billion in assets disappeared. I want you to listen to Jim Cramer, people were applauding in the back, applauding in the back as he urged them to keep buying Bitcoin. They'd be low from 68000 But David, Bitcoin is up gigantic from where it was. Buy, 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 right? A feeding frenzy. And people lost millions more. And now all of a sudden he claims to have had an epiphany. Right now he is claiming that, oh my God, Sam the man Bankman-Fried bamboozled them.
5: Jim, we're, we're talking all morning uh, both about Sam Bankman-Fried and Jay Powell. Uh, maybe not in the same sentence or, or shouldn't be, but uh, you can take a crack at each one. Well, one's just a
3: total con artist, disgusting, makes me sick. The other guy did a good job. I thought he told a good story. You know, it's kind of where I think most of the people are who watch us. Uh, and I think that Sam, whatever, he like, don't even want to dignify his full name anymore, uh, is just a con artist. And as is many of the people who talked about crypto, I now believe coming on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not once did he say, and I promoted FCX. I thought this guy was a fiscal guru. I said, take a reverse mortgage. Take a payday loan. Buy SamCoin, a.k.a. ScamCoin. Where is the veracity here, right? It's like it didn't exist. He's like rewriting. Oh, I'm attacking him, scam artist. Where were you, Jim Cramer, when all of a sudden this guy was rising out of nowhere? And you were promoting, oh, hot stock here, oh, FTX. Got to get those SamCoins now. Now known as scam coins. Our number is one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. That's one eight hundred eight four eight WABC. And with all this going on, with the entire cryptocurrency Ponzi scam industry imploding, with the blockchain criminals running for cover, with the Bitcoin bandits already lining up because they want to get bailed out, like the big banks did remember they're too big to fail in 2008 remember oh we passed the test quantitative easing give us free money even though we should have gone to jail hedge fund monsters right fortune 500 companies remember oh we're too big to fail watch all these bitcoin bandits blockchain criminals cryptocurrency ponzi scammers are going to start lining up saying you have to bail us out we're too big to fail over my dead body but they'll do it and then there's a guy out there still promoting it he's not alone there's another man out there they're like ike and mike they're like beavis and butthead of the cryptocurrency industry promoters how much have they been wine dined in pocket line one is the suave latino mayor in miami suarez he's a republican thinks he's going to become the next president of the United States over my dead body. Recently, he was up uh, getting wine-dined and pocket-lined in New York City, fundraising for that, and I had an opportunity to sit with him and others to listen to his spiel, and half the spiel was, oh, we're going to become the cryptocurrency Ponzi scam location of the world, and it's going to be Miami. And I asked him one question. I said, Mayor Suarez, You have a drug problem in Miami? No drug problem. None. I said, what about Liberty City, Overtown? You know, I'm the leader of the Guardian Angels. We patrol there. There's drugs everywhere. Not at all. What about Miami Vice? Nope, that was in the past. Not now. Do you have a problem with fentanyl? Absolutely not. There's not a pill of fentanyl in Miami. This guy could well become president because he's a kia -kia He's a Pinocchio. He's a liar, Right. But, oh, some of the presidents we've had, right? What, what was the number one virtue they had? They get look into that camera and lie and lie and lie some more. So, anyway, mark him off. Mark him off consideration in the future. Imagine you're from Miami and you won't even acknowledge you have a drug problem. Oh, if there's one thing Miami has, it's a lot of cocaine. And then there's his friend. Democratic mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. When faced with all these companies in New York alone imploding every day, lining up, Bitcoin bandits, blockchain criminals, cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers seeking Chapter 11, he doubled, no make that, he tripled down his support for this industry, wanting them to all base their operations in New York with no transparency. I believe in the new markets and the new currencies, and I'm encouraging my young people to learn about them. We had a, a crypto summit um, that was uh, partnered with the owners of um, the New York Nets uh, where we brought young people in to learn about these industries. These industries are not going to go away because they reach low points. This is an industry that we must embrace, and I'm looking to further lean into uh, blockchain and other technologies. Yes,
8: my, my money's already there. I took my first three paychecks.
3: In Bitcoin. Notice he hasn't taken any other paychecks in Bitcoin. Oh, my God. How much did he get wine line, down the pocket line? And he wants young people to be trained in this? It's bad enough they can't read, write, or do arithmetic at grade level in the public school system of New York. And they don't have the fourth R respect. He wants them to learn how to become white-collar criminals. So I can just see it. Okay, homies, let's get this straight. Instead of going out there running with the posses, you know, the stick-up crews, man, that's dangerous out there because, you know, you shoot at somebody, somebody may shoot back at you, like you saw that video from Harlem where this young thug has a shootout with the cops, right? You could do this with a number two pencil, sharpen number two pencil. Look, you could become a white-collar criminal. Learn how to become a Bitcoin bandit. A blockchain criminal, a cryptocurrency Ponzi scammer. And if things don't work out, all you do is declare Chapter 11 bankruptcy and then ask for a handout from the federal government, a bailout from the taxpayers. Hey, it's better than asking for welfare, right? Oh, that's right. It's corporate welfare. Ooh, so you go from one welfare to another welfare. Let Curtis Lee teach that uh, course, right? <laughs> Yo, homies. Put your number two pencils in the air like you just don't care. Instead of at a dance hall reggae concert where they start shooting pistols in the air, put your sharpened number two pencils in the air. Time. It's all about white collar crime, Onyx. It's all about white collar crime. Let's go to Jeff, who's calling from Long Island. you turn to be heard here. W-A-B-C, Jeff. Yes, hello, Jeff.
10: Curtis, I want
3: the mayor to be Disco Duck. I want the mayor to be Disco Duck. Wow. This guy was probably hypnotized by that hypnotist son of the Frank Morano. You see, I've run into some Frank Morano listeners. I don't know what it was. You did the hypnotism over the air, right? Right, Matt Blaze? Right, Ken? And see, people, they call up, they say, I'm a Frank Morano listener, and all of a sudden they're mumbling and stumbling. And I guess that hypnotism didn't work. Let's go to Kevin, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard, Kevin. Hey,
9: uh good, good morning, uh, Curtis. I just wanted to say, um, with the movie you were referring to, Boiler Room, it's not uh, with Eric Norton. It was with Gene Ivani Ribisi, uh Vin Diesel, and uh, Ben Affleck. So it wasn't Ed Norton. Oh, that's right.
3: You're you're correct. Oh, Mayor Copa, Mayor Copas, Mayor Maxi, Copa. I love this constructive criticism. You see, I am so focused on Ed Norton in Fight Club. Remember when he's standing in front of that trophy case, and he balls right. up his fist and he punches himself right in the chin, and he knocks himself right into that trophy case.
9: And Brad Pitt.
3: That's right. Uh, you see, I can't get my mind off that, Kevin. I admire that man for doing that. He knocked himself
9: out, Kevin. Come on. Hey, hey. In the home state of uh, your boy, uh, uh, Biden, Delaware. That's right.
3: That's right. Oh, Kevin, thank you. Thank you. I would have went on through the rest of my life saying that Ed Norton was in boiler room and people would have been saying... What a piss you, what a schmendrick, what a schmuck. Does any know that wasn't Ed Norton? Kevin, you have saved me from so many embarrassing episodes of broadcast. I, I, so I, good. I owe you everything. So good. Can I send you some Bitcoin? Can I? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm a, no, 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 no. This is the courtesy with Booby Prize. I have some Sam coin here, better known as scam coin from FTX. Kevin. Eric Adams will take it. Yeah, no, he already has, except he took the cash. You don't think he took the Bitcoin? Kevin, I have some nice, beautiful FTX SAM coins, they're called, which are now scam coins. They keep it as a collector's item, Kevin. Uh,
9: I'll pass.
3: No, 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 Kevin! I'm being generous
9: hey, you got, with you. You got you you got two names. I, I wouldn't want to trust a person with three.
3: <laughs> you can't. I can't even give them away. Not even as a collector's item. You could tell your grandchildren years from now. Look, grandchildren, uh, I invested in this one scam coin, and you know that's why now. Uh, I'm living. I'm living here in poverty. I'm living here in Penn Station. You know, I I, got, I don't have two nickels to rub together because I got bamboozled by a man with a cult of personality. Oh no, no, that's Kanye West. We'll get to that momentarily. <laughs> Sam bankman freed. I lost everything, and now I'm living in Penn Station, eating out of garbage cans, riding the E train. All night long. I'll never admit that it was my investment in FTX that caused me to fiscally implode because I still have my honor. Really? You may have your honor, but you got no Moolish Moolah, no scatole, no lettuce.
1: The other side of midnight. 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 It's the other side of midnight with Frank Marano. Marano.
3: Lewis and the news, right? That's a Bay Area group, San Francisco, although Huey Lewis is from New Jersey originally. Yeah, you see, you learned something. Yeah, listen to Curtis Lee where you learned some. I kept misspeaking about Ed Norton, right, in Boy in the Room. Thank God it got straightened out. People would have said, what the hell is he? Where did he see Ed Norton in that film? But anyway, I digress. So anyway, the reason I'm playing this song Huey Lewis. Uh, actually, we call him Huey Newton. You know, former leader of the Black Panther Party in uh, West Oakland. Guy who was a crackhead. That's right. A, a dealer shot him right in the head. Good. Dead on arrival. Anyway, it's Silicon Valley. It's San Francisco. And you know who uh, had a sit-down with the San Francisco Giants baseball team? Aaron Judge. He's looking for $300 million or more contracts. And you know because the owners and operators are from Silicon Valley, outside of Palo Alto. They probably offered him $500 million in Bitcoin if he would sign up. And, you know, being hip and happening and young, you know, wow, $500 million in Bitcoin. This is the good good Bitcoin, as if there's any good Bitcoin out there. Oh, I kid you not, people have been paid off in Bitcoin. Paid off in cryptocurrency Paid off to the blockchain exchange, and you notice whenever uh, a uh, East European uh, criminal enterprise all of a sudden holds your computer system hostage in a major Fortune 500 company, do they ask to get paid off in cash, wire transfer, dinars, yen, euros, American dollars? No, pay us in Bitcoin. Ah, I wonder why. I wonder why. They're in Bulgaria. They're in Romania. They're in Serbia. By the way, anybody out there knows who is attributed with having found Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency? His name? Japanese. How do we know who he is? Because nobody ever saw him. There is a statue to him in the most corrupt country in the world, Bulgaria. And everybody goes, it's him. And they all bow and they say, what a great ripoff artist. It's like honoring a a great gypsy who would pick your pockets, right? And tell your fortune at the same time, oh, he's the best. Does anybody actually happen to know who the so-called founder and creator of the Bitcoin bandit industry, blockchain criminals, and cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers is? You can win a Curtis Lee with booby prize. Don't ask, don't tell, because, uh, well, I don't have alligator arms like Frank Morano has, but I throw nickels around like manhole covers. Our number is 1 800 That's 1 800 848 WABC. Let's go to Mike in New Hyde Park. Your turn to be heard here on the Frank Morano syndicated network being heard across America, Mike. <laughs>
7: William Shatner, back in the 90s, when his wife bumped her head, rolled into the pool and died. The very next day, there was a press conference in front of his mansion in California. He strolled down the driveway, walked through the gates, addressed the press and paparazzi for about three minutes, and then he politely excused himself. Here's the kicker. He turned—this is available on video somewhere—he turned his back and walked away and as he walked back to his house, he looked to his left and noticed his newspaper. And he just very casually stopped, bent over, picked up his newspaper and put it under his arm like it was just another day. I'm, I mean, I don't know what that means exactly, but the body language to me was, that's eh, just another day. Should I get a cup of coffee? Should I have a donut? And he just strolled up the driveway. It was very casual.
3: Mike, imagine, there's a whole world of mobsters who were choking on their lobsters for years, grew up with fellow members of organized crime, the very people that Frank Morano admires when he does his racket report, his uh, podcast. But uh, I will tell you this, they grow up with people, then all of a sudden they get the orders from whoever the copo is that they got to whack their best friend they go out, they whack their best friend, they shred him up right, they chemically incinerate him after shooting him ten times in the head, and then they go out and have a ten-course meal, Mike. It's in their DNA. I I want answers from William Shatner, a.k.a. Captain Kirk. I'm not going to give him a quick pass like Frank Murano, who is involved in idolatry. If you notice, he speaks of William Shatner as if there's, there's God the Father, there's Jesus Christ, and there's William Shatner. Am I right or wrong, Mike?
7: Uh, He's—I mean, I enjoy him as an entertainer. I love Star Trek, but, yeah, he's—I mean, he's Bill Shatner. His ego has expanded uh, like
2: his thoracic head.
3: I must tell you I heard an in interview that was being conducted by our owner and operator, he and Great Talk Show host him in his own right, John Katz and uh, he was talking to him. He's a fan a fan of Star Trek. He goes, you know, when I was at NYU, we used to go into the student lounge. There was only one TV. It was a black and white TV. And we would all huddle around the TV and we would look at your Star Trek episodes. And you know what Chatner said? He said, you want to talk about then or you want to talk about now the destruction of the world through global warming and climate change. So our owner-operator talking to him... Uh, uh, John Katsimatiti said, uh, for transparency reasons, I must tell you that I own an oil company. He goes, you own an oil company? You own an oil company? And then all of a sudden, Frank Morano was involved in the interview. He just jumped in. and he said, oh, well, let's change the subject. Uh, and, and can you sing us a song? Did you ever see this guy? He puts out albums. He is the worst singer in the world, Mike. Other than Jerry Springer. Other than Jerry Springer. And they put out albums, the worst music, and Frank has them on, and he goes, Oh, could you sing me this song from you know nineteen ninety four? You know, I play it I play it on repeat, yeah, you know, over and over and over. Oh God. I don't know what Look, it is. We we all we all have egos. You
7: need an ego. His is I mean to the extent that when he, instead of just going bald, I'm losing my hair. Instead of just going bald, he's like, look, take the hair of a raccoon's posterior, if you have to, and sew it to my head. I'm not walking around bald. He's got, you know, guy's got a huge ego.
3: Oh, my God. He needs a crane to get him in and out of a room. And then he wants <laughs> he wants everybody to kiss his tuchus. And Frank gets online, and his lips are locked to his tuchus you need a welder to come and to d- disassociate Frank's lips from Captain Kirk's talkus. <laughs> God, I'm telling you, Mike, it's really sad. It's sad. And I know that you, the crew here, the Frank Marano crew, has been put through this before. They've had to actually listen to Captain Kirk, William Shatner sing. I would tell him, hey, Captain Kirk, do me a solid. Save it for the shower stall. And then, Frank, I don't know, he must have a tin ear. Oh, Jerry Springer. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. And then Jerry goes, can I sing a song for... Oh, uh, I got all your albums. Uh, you know, I play it on on constantly, you know, and I, on oh, over and over and over. I become a whirling dervish. Please, Jerry Springer, sing, sing, sing. What is wrong with that guy? No wonder why. Members of uh, Talkish Magazine have rescued Frank. They've taken him on a sabbatical so that he can
0: That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno, he's your numero uno.
1: This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano.
3: ...music like this, right? And conflates it with the talk topics that we take a deep dive into. Nobody does it better than yours truly, me, Curtis are Substituting for Frank Morano, who um, had a big setback, I must reveal, to all of his many listeners around the United States and his syndicated program. He had a hypnotist come in and hypnotize some of, a list of his listeners to listen more often and longer. And apparently it backfired so that those same people no longer listen. And Frank uh, was crestfallen.
4: I have no idea what's going on.
3: And this happens from time to time in this business, this thing of ours. I've been at it for 35 years. And you have your ups, you have your downs. And then Frank had, uh, had what we call a talk radio breakdown members of the fraternity and sorority of Talkers Magazine reached out to Frank, who they've known for years. I mean, he's been involved in talk radio since he graduated from NYU as a Violet, what appears to be like uh, almost a half century ago. I know you, you look at his pictures, and some of you have. I don't care if you're out there in Portland, Oregon, Reno, Nevada, uh, wherever you can hear Frank Morano and his syndicated broadcast. And you look at his picture on his Facebook and it's his high school graduation picture. And one of the biggest enigmas is nobody knows how old Frank Murano is. You could ask him any question under the sun. The only question he will not answer is how old he is. I don't even know. This is a guy who was my intern at one point from NYU. was my producer at a number of shows that I've hosted over the years. And then made his own bones in talk radio and now... He is syndicated across the nation, which he's, uh, he's earned the hard way. But, boy, when they did that hypnotism, he did not get the desired results. And he took it personally. I, I, I got to be perfectly honest with you. He took it personally. It's like he wanted to impale himself with this microphone. And it happens. I've been, on, I've been there many times. So Talk Radio magazine sent out a group of their talk radio therapists. This happens in the industry. And they're working on building up his ego again. You know he's got an enormous ego, like William Shatner. You know, you need a crane to get him in and out of a room. He's just a, a mere, mere shadow of his normal self. May take a few days. They'll build him back up so that all of you can knock him back down. And like Humpty Dumpty, you take a great fall. And all the king's men and all the queen's women, right? Is that politically correct? I'm not going to be able to put you back. This is a rough ride. It's a rough ride. It's like a roller coaster ride. So we wish Frank the best. We hope that uh, Talkers Magazine, the therapist on loan to the Frank Morano show, can uh, repair him and he can come back as quickly as possible. Because, hey, look, I saw the video, I heard it on the radio. That was a debacle. I mean, the hell? Frank Morano got hypnotized. Not just his listeners. How the hell are you standing there? Your listeners are getting hypnotized because, you know, he's got the gold watch back and forth. Repeat after me. I am your guru. I am your Swami. Uh, you you will listen to me. And, and Frank Morano all of a sudden is like he's in a trance. They know what they're doing. And talk radio land. They'll get him out of it. And I'm sure he'll be back to all of you lickety-split. But now we're getting into the cult of personality, which has always been Kanye West, a.k.a. Yeezy, a.k.a. Yee-yay, whatever the hell he wants to be called today. And uh he has been a cult of personality. In fact, I think he really hit the big time. Wasn't coming out of the south side of Chicago because this guy's not a street guy, Kanye. Just, li- just listen to him talk, right? He's a mama Luke, a mama's boy. And many people say that as a result of the passing of his mama, who he adored, I mean, he was dedicated to that, it affected him emotionally and mentally. And, and I see how that happens. For, I've known a lot of mama Lukes. You know, in Italian-American families, you have these mama Lukes. They're 45 years old. They won't move out of the house. They won't move out of the house because Mama... Nobody can replace Mama. Mama does everything for them. Mama irons their BVDs, their fru the loom shorts, and puts starch in it. Mama makes their bed. Mama launders for them. Mama cooks for them. Mama's at their peck and call. When you are an Italian-American man, wherever you are, you are a prince. Who are you going to find a woman to replace Mama, right? And by the way, so then what they do is they... You know, they have a little girlfriend on the side. They never go home to Mama because that would upset Mama. And, you know, on occasion uh, when they have that urge to merge, they spend some of the money that they got stuffed in their mattress and they go to a uh, house of pleasure, as they call it, a uh, motel of pleasure, right? Hot sheet motel. But they never let Mama know. Kanye West is that kind of guy. You got to understand, south side of Chicago... And the rap he did, not quite bubblegum like Will Smith, but not hardcore rap either. No, 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 no. no. He's like bubblegum rap. And then I'll never forget it. Dave Chappelle, when he had a show, put Kanye West on. And boy, he blew up after that. He blew up. And remember, he was bipolar then. He was manic-depressive. But because he was doing well, normally we would say, boy, this guy's a Fruit Loop trooper. He's a nut job. But no, when you do well in life, you're eccentric. It's like in the old neighborhoods. If you were a cheapskate or if you're like Frank Marano, you got alligator arms, right? And then all of a sudden you're a millionaire or a billionaire. Well, you know why he's a millionaire or a billionaire? Because he's very frugal. You know, he doesn't waste money at all. You ask him for a penny, he'll say, earn it. Go out and get a job, washing dishes. I just want to borrow a penny from you. Nope. I'm not lending you anything. This is the problem with Kanye West. So let's go to his very dear friend, Dave Chappelle. Remember, Dave Chappelle appeared on the stage of Saturday Night Live. And in his opening monologue, I think it was like three weekends ago. It could have been a month ago. Dave Chappelle talked about having to defend his very dear friend. Kanye West, after he sent that tweet out, right, it said he's going DEFCON 3 on Jews. Kanye's gotten into
8: some scrapes before, normally when, he, when he's in trouble, I pull, up, I pull up immediately. But this time I was like, you know what? Uh, let me see what's going to happen first. Let's wanna see where this is all going. On. <laughs> I can't even remember how it started. Vaguely, I remember it started with a tweet, strange tweet. It was like um, I'm feeling a little sleepy.
2: I'm going to give me some rest, but when I wake
8: up, I'm going to go defcon 3 on the juice. And then he just went to bed.
3: And I believe that, because Dave Chappelle was a really good friend of Kanye West. You may have seen the video about a year ago. He's got this cabin out somewhere in Idaho or Montana. Dave Chappelle would go out there, and they'd be hanging. They were like homeboys. So when he says that he was up all night, Dave Chappelle worried about Kanye West. Imagine Kanye West tweets, uh, I'm a little sleepy. But when I wake up, I'm going to go DEF CON 300 Jews. And then he goes to sleep. <laughs> now, it was so unfair that Dave Chappelle is riffing. Right? He's like uh, a satirist, uh, modern-day commentator. He's like uh, Mark Twain uh, was. They think Mark Twain uh, just had an anniversary this past week. Uh, like, um, oh, do will come to me. Uh. Anyway, the point is... He got attacked. They said, oh, he's he's like promoting anti-Semitism. No, Dave Chappelle wasn't doing that. He was giving you satire, commentary about a guy he knew and continues to know. Although I don't think (laughs) that Kanye West is listening to Dave Chappelle's advice. And then Chappelle riffed about Adidas. Remember how uh, Kanye West said, "Ah, no, Adidas. And that's it. I got him. I got him. He said,
8: I can say anti-Semitic things, and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? Uh, Adidas immediately. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
8: Ironically, Adidas was founded by Nazis. And they were offended. I guess the students surpassed the teacher.
3: Oh, that was so good. So good. There they go. You're promoting anti-Semitism. No, that's not anti-Semitism. That's commentary. That's satire. But Let's get to uh, the Traveling road show. I call them the Three Stooges. It's Kanye West. Um, there's this guy, Fuentes, the uh, little neo-Nazi boy. And there's this Milo Yiannopoulos who talk about Freaky Deaky. A few years ago, uh, he appeared on a number of radio stations and was announcing he was getting married to a black guy. He's gay. And people actually went to his marriage ceremony, right? And they, oh, this is good. They love each other. Now he's announced he's straight. He gave up being gay. But then again, in this woke culture, you see, these are the new rules of engagement. Gay today, straight tomorrow, asexual the next day, polyamorous the following day. And we must accept whatever they define themselves of. At that moment, at that hour, on that day, during that week, of that month, of that year. Whatever they decide to be. So, based on the new rules of engagement of the woke community, Milo Yiannopoulos can be whatever he wants to be. And we can't bring up the fact... That he got married to a black gay man, announced that he was born gay, right? That, hey, this is how he was born. And yet, miraculously, he's straight. I'll never forget the time it was Ann Hesh. Ann Hesh was at the White House, invited by the Clinton administration. There was Bill Clinton. And Ann Hesh looked across the room. And who did she see? Who did she see? Do you remember? Do you remember? Who did she see, Matt plays Man uh, who's a fugitive running from the law. Who did she see? What woman? What femme fatale?
11: That would have been Ellen DeGeneres.
3: Right. And she tells the story that she was straight up to that moment. And this, this is her own words. And then I looked across the room. I saw Ellen DeGeneres. And I knew at that moment I was a lesbian. Now, back then, we had our questions, our doubts, Right. He said, maybe you're bisexual. No, nope. I was never bisexual. I was straight, hetero, and then all of a sudden, boom, I saw Ellen DeGeneres, and I was a lesbian. I knew I was a lesbian. And then he went, she went back to being a heterosexual. So she obviously is bisexual, right? But according to the woke rules, whatever Anne Hesh in life identified herself as, nowadays, if she was still alive, we would have to respect that. Like if I was to say You're bisexual. How dare you? I told you I'm not. You better not disrespect me or I'm going to report you to the woke police. And that'll be it for you. I'm sorry. Sorry. Maybe the only place I'll be able to hang out is on Twitter. You know, with Elon Musk. And even Kanye got knocked off again. After his appearance with that loony Kazuni from parts unknown, Alex Jones. How, how many times? I love it. Elon Musk Say, hey, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> it's like, welcome back, Carter, right? After he said, I'm going DEFCON 3 on the juice. What was it, like three days? Oh, welcome back. You know, maybe you know better. And then he just doubled down. Mm-hmm. Today, today apparently when he was on with Alex Jones, boy, is he a fruit loop trooper. He apparently was allowing his Twitter feed to be used by boy Nazi Fuentes, who's been banned from Twitter, and from Milo Yiannopoulos, who Twitter still wants to know, are you straight, are you gay, what are you, what can we put down on your form of identification? And Milo said, none of your B.I.B. business. Banned! So while he was going off with Alex Jones, they were using his account to tweet to what? Like his 32 million followers? All of this stuff. he went around the world like four times. So here's Kanye West. Remember, he's got a... He's got a... <laughs> I thought he was doing a stick-up. You know, it's like when guys walk into a bank, right? And they got the... Uh, the what do we call that? Uh, ski mask over his head. Although you didn't see any eyes. It was just straight ski mask. <laughs> Man, I've seen people like this in the subways of New York. They're emotionally disturbed. They have serious issues. But not for Alex Jones, man. This was a rating extravaganza.
4: They want to separate and confuse the Christians and make us afraid to stand next to each other. A Christian can stand next to anyone. We can go visit R. Kelly in prison. We can go talk to Harvey Weinstein. That's what Jesus did. Yes, because Jesus can save everyone. But if the Zionists can get us so afraid that they're going to do what they've been doing to me, attempting to put me in jail, freeze my accounts, smearing me on the media, you know, all of these things, you know, you put on the whole armor of God and they will not be
3: able to break your spirit. The Zionists. By the way, you notice uh, he certainly has not lost all of his mental faculties. He mentioned that pedophile on a pedestal, R. Kelly, Christian, right? And he mentioned the Jew, Harvey Weinstein. How many Jews out there, when you heard what Harvey Weinstein had done from the heights of fame, Miramax with his brother, these were two Mamelukes. Talk about Mamelukes in Flushing. And I think I know what contributed to Harvey Weinstein's perversion. He was probably at home, and he had a nattering mother. He, they even reported that. She was, like, always yelling at her two sons. And, you know, him, he was, like, a sex addict. He was probably in his room, you know, under the covers, and he was, like, uh, pleasurizing himself. And his mother walked in, and he was so embarrassed, right? And she started screaming and yelling, You're going to be a pervert! You're going to be a pervert! Put that away! It's probably a scarred his psyche. Oh, did I ever tell you guys the time uh, Harvey Weinstein wanted to do a movie about yours Julie Curtis Lee, was right after he did the uh, story about McDonald's, the founding of McDonald's. I learned that Ray Kroc, the guy I used to work for, ripped it off. It was like the worst movie in the world. So I'm sitting there with Harvey Weinstein. It's the preview, the premiere, and he goes, Curtis, uh, this movie sucks. I have to be here because I bankrolled it. So, you know, I'm just going to. I'm shake everybody's hand, you know, uh, thank them for coming because, really, nobody should be here. In fact, why are you here? I said, well, you know, I work for McDonald's. That's where I started the Guardian Angels. He goes, yeah, yeah, I know that. I followed your career. They got a book here of everybody infamous and famous who ever worked for McDonald's. They got Jeff Bezos here when he was, like, in Houston, you know, behind the grill. They got other people of no consequence. How come they don't have you in this book? I said, good question. You know... They wouldn't. When I was a nighttime manager of Mickey D's, the Trez brothers owned the franchises. And they said, you know, every one of our managers must go to McDonald's University in Oak Brook, Illinois. They got to be graduated by Ronald McDonald. But you? We can't send you. You're special ed. So we won't even let them know you're our night manager here because they'll want to know. Have you sent us all of your managers? They must. They must graduate McDonald's University and get the seal of approval from Ronald McDonald. I said, You realize the only seal of approval I'll get is from the hamburglar. In this neighborhood in the Bronx, they don't want to see Ronald McDonald. They want to see the hamburger. I mean that's hey yeah, the hamburger. If Ronald McDonald would have come into my McDonald's on Fordham and Webster, they would have they would have held him up. I digress momentarily, right? So Harvey Weinstein goes, Hey, you know, uh, We got to talk about doing your movie. I said, oh, man, Harvey Weinstein, Miramax, the Curtis Lewa story. I mean, it's almost been done before in the Guardian Angels, almost a few times. And so this guy who knew him well, he gives me a drive home. He goes, oh, I know Harvey. He's going to do this. Yeah. Curtis, on the big screen, what are you thinking? I mean, man, this is your lucky day. Lucky you went to that premiere because nobody else was there except me and Harvey. And then all of a sudden, like a month later, the New York Post front page pervert Harvey Weinstein. How many women? What did he do there? What is he looking at? Triple life without parole? Here goes my movie. <laughs> ah, good, you perv. and lock you up. In fact, you know, before we went on trial now in Los Angeles, the second round of perversions, including. The uh, governor's wife, former actress, right, Governor Newsom's wife, uh, who, God, what she said, this guy did to her. I, we could go on and on. He was thrown in the Bing. He was in L.A. County Jail. I got thrown in L.A. County Jail one time. Boy, the cops out there hated me. Uh, Daryl Wayne Gates, who was the police commissioner, man, he hated my guts every chance he could. I was jaywalking, you know, in Los Angeles. You could do a drive-by shooting. Nothing. You jaywalk. Hey, come here. Come here, pal. There's one at 12. Let me see your your identification. Wait, I thought everybody's illegal now in Los Angeles. Why do they have to show you identification? You jaywalked. That's capital punishment. Well, to be honest with you, I beat up a drug dealer. So they put me in L.A. County jail. Oh, they claim that I broke his legs. Could you believe this? Could you believe me? Me, would I do something like that? But I digress. So anyway, so here's Harvey Weinstein. He's in his cell, right? He's in PC, protective custody, punk city. Because, man, the place is filled with Norteños, Serrenos, right? Mexican gangs, blood scripts. Although they probably would start auditioning for Harvey. Say, hey, man, maybe you do colors, too. Remember, we're, 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 we're Duval, man, and Sean Penn. Yo, yo, yo. Oh, man. So they did a complete check of Harvey's cell. You know what the contraband he had? Not drugs, not fentanyl, not marijuana, not booze. Milk duds. The size you get in the movie theaters. <laughs> milk duds. Harvey. Oh, I mean, they gave him thirty days in the bing. <laughs> this is solitary confinement. No, but for milk duds, you deserve it. I should have had my movie before they locked you up and threw away the key. Oh, uh, you see, this is Curtis Lee. I digress. I move in a million different directions. Right? You told me we were going to talk about Kanye. Look at what we're talking about. Hey, he's a sideshow. Let me tell you, before we go to the calls, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. I've seen this story before. Mel Gibson, right? I mean, Mel Gibson, great actor, great director, right? He didn't get better. He was Mr. Box Office. I mean, I loved him when he did those uh, movies uh, in Australia, you know, like what the world will be like after the apocalypse, right? Uh, Great stuff, man. Mad Max, one, two, three, four, and five. And that one movie, remember? Oh, God, I can never forget it. There she was, an ebony princess. Who am I talking about? Her husband was known, Ike, the monster from East St. Louis, to give a beatdowns. I, I, I gave it away. Tina Turner, remember Tina Turner? was? Oh, man, was that a great movie. So not only was he a great actor, he was a great director. Look at all the pictures that he directed, right? Great. But unfortunately, his father, who grew up in the Mid-Hudson Valley, up near Poughkeepsie, was a virulent anti-Semite but what we call an orthodox Roman Catholic. I mean, hey, man, let me tell you, those guys are weird. So he raises his son, Mel Gibson, to be a virulent anti-Semite. He said, how the hell did he survive in Hollywood so many years as a virulent anti-Semite? He did, and he did well, and I guess even when he was drunk on occasion. Even when he was drunk on occasion, he never let the anti-Semitism slip until, remember, he got stopped by the cops uh, way up in the hills, I think, of Hollywood Hill, wherever that was. I mean, this guy was really, really good. And then Mike Tyson, all right, Mike Tyson, vile, despicable, rapist, right? In fact, when he was training up in the Catskills as a young man from Brownsville, never ran, never will. The trainer said he tried to rape his niece. It's out there in Staten Island. I see his name escapes me. He's uh, been a commentator on boxing. His father, Teddy Atlas. See, oh, man, I'm on a roll here. So Teddy Atlas says, I ain't trying to rape my niece. I told Custamato, I'm getting my gun. I'm blowing his brains out. No, no. He's going to be the future heavyweight champion in the world. Then I'm packing my bags and I'm leaving. But that's the way Mike Tyson, from the Ville, never ran, never will, was. He feed his pigeons on the pigeon coop, and then he go out there and he bust up dudes. He was psycho boy. Rapist, right? So he's sitting with Mel Gibson. He said, Mel, he's got one problem. Every time I'm on a show, a daytime show, Ellen, DeGeneres, I'm on The View, the Hank Clark with with Joyless Behar, you know, Whoopster, I start crying like, you know, like a little boy. Oh, I have done, you know, like Jimmy Swaggart. I have done terrible things. God forgive me. Oh, and he's bawling, you know. And he, and then he would always say, ask for the Kleenex box. That always gets the women in the audience, you know, that you're bawling up and you're crying. So Mel Gibson tells I can I really can't do that. Well, look at me. Ha, <laughs> ha. I'm selling, right, marijuana now. They're buying that. I'm pretending like I'm in a wheelchair. I'm telling the world, test psychotic drugs on me and uh, psychedelic drugs on me because I just want to be a litmus test for all that, right? The guy's a wacko. He has to take liquid Prozac every day without losing his temper. Remember that one guy on the airplane? Bang, 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 bang. Nothing happened to him, right? I mean... He's like what Trump was. He could walk out into the middle of Fifth Avenue, shoot somebody, and everybody likes Mike now. And I'm not talking about Michael Jordan. Michael Tyson. Think about him. So he says to Mel Gibson, just got to cry. America loves a degenerate who cries. And look, it's true. Mel Gibson never did. And then the other one. How many movies did they make uh, about Bobby Fischer, right? Looking for Bobby Fischer. We found Bobby Fischer. Bobby Fischer, two, three. Holly Weird loved Bobby Fischer. The uh, bizarre chess master who came out of Brooklyn and actually beat uh, the Soviet one time, one time only, and then whoosh, he disappeared. He went into uh, exile because he's a schoolboy, And he ended up being uh, given sanctuary by Slobovan Milosevic, the butcher of the Balkans in Serbia. And he was ranting anti-Semitic things morning, noon, and night, blaming Jews for this and that. And then a guy gave him an interview from France and said, Bobby, you're a Jew, right? You were born, your mother was Jewish. Yeah. But I hate the fact that I'm a Jew. Ooh. He never recovered, right? Mike Tyson, I cried. So in the future... After uh, Kanye West makes a few more appearances, because everybody wants him, right? They all say, "Oh, look at what they're doing! They're exploiting this." And then all of a sudden, Milo Yiannopoulos, right, his agent now, his agent of hate of anti-Semitism, calls up. Uh, we happen to be in town. Would you like? Uh, would you like uh, Kanye up there? Yeah, where? Where? Bring him on up. Don't worry about. It. Don't give him any drugs. I want him raw and uncensored. Bunch of pimps we are in this business, right? Notice I don't have any guests. I never have guests. It's just me and the callers. But I guarantee you, if all of a sudden they were riding around Manhattan, right? So there's Milo Yiannopoulos, uh, there's uh, little Nazi boy Fuentes, and there's uh, uh, it's Kanye West, aka Yeezy, aka Ye, whatever he calls himself today. And Milo would call up Frank, right in the middle of his show. Frank, we're in the area. I got Kanye here, Frank. Please, bring him up. Oh, Matt, leave the board there. Go downstairs. Escort him up. And if he asks you if you're Jewish, tell him you're not. Tell him that you don't have a bris. You know, that you don't know what it is. Talmud, Torah. Uh, in fact, that you're a Christian. Just make the sign of the cross. Make him feel good. Hey, look, in this business, we whore ourselves out. You know that. Look at, look at what they're doing. It's got even... Even Fredo, Chris Cuomo, a, a network and a program—I I can't even find on the dial. You know, uh, the dish has like 2,852 stations. I can't find that station. Oh, you got to bring him on. He'll be on the—he'll <laughs> be on every station, including uh, the old Joan River station, right, where they sell you everything in the world. Hey, Kanye, what are you selling out? Well, you- you know, I got my Yeezy Yay sneakers here, hey, you know. In fact, a designer and limited edition, and I'll sign them right here. But if you're a Jew, don't bother purchasing them. I don't want your Jewish money. <laughs> <laughs> They're exploiting the hell out of him. They know he's a school ball, a crackpot, and media loves it. And you know something? A lot of you people love it. It's like a train crash. You can't wait for the train to crash. You know any moment it's going to happen. And even Dominic Carter, who preceded me, was honest enough. You know, he decried what the media was doing. But, hey, if Kanye were all of a sudden call me up, say I happen to be in the area, come on up! Bunch your horse? All of us. I mean, think of this. Well, What's the difference between what Kanye is doing now to himself and an emotionally disturbed person in the subway that I deal with all the time as leader of the Guardian Angels? There is no doubt. I recognize all the signs. I see guys down there all the time with with ski masks running around the subway, screaming and yelling just like Kanye. It's the Jews. It's the Jews. Or they say, I'm the Mashiach. I'm the Messiah. I'm Jesus Christ. We've seen this a million times. What's the difference He's famous. They're not. Look, the media, the moment he crashes, the moment he's found in some hotel room od you know, then all of a sudden uh, it'll be, well, you know, let's, let's give you the story of the life and times. In fact, we have the Kardashians here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Kardashians will exploit it. You should feel ashamed. Of, you know, you should feel soiled. Like you got to take a hot shower. People are like... What is Kanye going to say today? And, you know, he knows that. He knows that. So he's feeding the beast. In fact, uh, let's go to uh, Dave Chappelle talking about Hollywood and what the advice of Mike Tyson talking to um, Mel Gibson about how he's got to do his mayor copas, mayor copas, mayor moxigar copas. It's 61, 61 there. And uh, for this statement on Saturday Night Live, uh, Dave Chappelle, they say, oh, you're just feeding anti-Semitism. No, he's not. What he's talking about is true.
8: Well, I've been to Hollywood. No one y'all to get mad at me. I'm just telling you, I've been to Hollywood. This was just what I saw. It's a lot of Jews. Like A
2: lot
3: of black people in Ferguson, Missouri. better not even <laughs> run <out of> place. <laughs> oh, he's anti-Semes. Oh, anti- he's feeding anti... Chill out. Relax. God. It's like saying, oh, there are a lot of black people in the NBA. Oh, you're... What are you, racist? No, I'm just an observer. A lot of black people in the NBA, right? They earned it. <laughs> <laughs> they earned it. What do you think? Oh, you're a black person, so we're just going to put you on this basketball team. Hell no. Can you shoot a three-pointer? That's all they want to know in the NBA, lady. Can you shoot a three-pointer? You're in. Our number is one 800
1: The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano.
7: For an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. It's
1: the other side of midnight with Frank Morano.
3: That's what the hypnotist was saying. He did a a Brian Adams uh, imitation in the green room that translated to the radio. And he said, just look into my eyes. I'm going to hypnotize you. And so you listen to Frank every day. You listen longer. And it just imploded. Frank Morano is away. He's at talk radio boot camp to trying to build up his uh, self-esteem again because He even got hypnotized. I I don't know how that happened. But uh, don't worry, he'll be back sometime, sometime. We'll we'll keep you informed. It's yours truly, Curtis Lee, Brian Adams. Let me tell you something. I digress again. Brian Adams, great Canadian. I don't want to deport him back like Justin Bieber, Bieber, whatever, or Captain Kirk. No, no. Brian Adams tells the story of how he walked through Stanley Park in Vancouver, and he had an epiphany. He knew that music was his calling. Then there was Sun Young Moon. He had just arrived from South Korea, and he walked through Stanley Park in Vancouver to Gorgeous Park. And he said he had an epiphany to form the Unification Church and convince a lot of white people out there to go out, stand on medians, and sell flowers, and give all the money to Sun Young Moon, a cult. And when he was living in Tarrytown, Westchester, you know, a multi-mansion, and the IRS said, hey, you owe taxes. He said, I'm a religion. They said, well, where's your church? He goes, I am the church. Well, explain what your religion is. I am the religion. Lock him up, throw away the key. And all of his Moonies were there at the New Yorker Hotel, going out every day, selling flowers, all the money going to Sun, Young Moon. And they had nets around the New Yorker Hotel because people were jumping out every day trying to commit suicide. They had to put nets up so they wouldn't go sploosh or land on somebody's head. And I know some of you out there probably, uh, you had to go through um, uh, boot camp to get out of the Unification Church and join the rest of society so you could leave that cold. 18,000 people would assemble in Madison Square Garden and Sung Young Moon would say, I know none of you know each other, you never met one another. I brought you all together from around the world, you know, I've hypnotized you and now you're gonna get married. Ah no, they were like, please marry us now. You don't even know the person. Yeah, that was Sun Young Moon, remember? Eighteen thousand people every year in Madison Square Garden didn't even know one another. Sun Young Moon, the cult leader, would say, You're getting married. Although I must tell you, that's the way i felt the many times that I got married. Like somebody was talking in my head, you must get married. It was my mother, my mother Francesca. God bless her soul, she's no longer here. I would go home, I would bring the the lady in my life at that moment. She'd say, do you love this woman? I'd say, yes, mom, you must marry her. I'd say, mom, you must marry her. You cannot stain the reputation of the Sliwa Bianchino family. You must do right by this woman. Okay, Mom, it's like my fourth, fifth marriage, you know. This, this is getting costly. Don't count them. Just think of the woman right now. Okay, Mom, anything for you. And yes, I went through Stanley Park while organizing the Guardian Angels in Vancouver. And yes, you could have an epiphany for the good, or like Sun Young Moon, the bad. Anyway, I think some of these callers need to be hypnotized, right? We've been talking about Kanye West, a.k.a. Yeezy, a.k.a. Yee, whatever his name is today. And let's see, we have uh, so many people don't pay the bus fare. Wow, that's really pertinent to our conversation. Frank makes costly mistakes, not as costly as me getting married so many times. Hey, you got to see the child support I pay. Let's see. Shatner is taking too much heat tonight. Not enough heat as far as I'm concerned. Adi, what, what program are these people listening to? They must have been hypnotized by that hypnotist. Oh, boy. That was not a very bright idea. I got to tell you, that really backfired. I realize you try things in talk radio. You want to be creative. You want to do things that have never been done before. But that's an old Howard Stern trick. It didn't work for Stern. Why would it work for Frank Morano, right? That's okay. Look, you got to learn the hard way. You got to learn the hard way. That's why he's in talk radio boot camp right now. They're building him back up so he can return to all of you. Anyway, let's go to Heather in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here on the Frank Morano Show, Heather. Hey,
10: Curtis. Thanks for taking my call. I really love your show. You're really funny.
3: Well, thank you. And, by the way, why are you thanking me for taking your call? I have been asking for phone calls for the last two hours. I should be thanking you, Heather, for calling. Well,
10: actually, I've been waiting on hold for, like, over an hour, and you've just been talking and talking and talking and not shutting up and not letting me take my call.
3: That's true. I am a bit of a male yenter. You're absolutely right. Thanks for putting me in my place, Heather.
10: Yeah. So, but anyways... Um, I was calling actually about Kanye West. So why is everyone just playing and playing over what he said? Like, just shut the guy off. I'm so sick of hearing everything that he, every crazy thing that, you know, just comes out of his crazy mouth.
4: Wait, just shut him off.
3: Wait, 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 Heather. Here, here's another one. Here's another one. He,
4: you know, it's like he had a really cool outfit and stuff, and he was a really good architect. And.
8: Uh, and so he, you're in love with the with the with the with the with the arc the the, the the look of it.
4: And he didn't kill six million Jews. That's just like factually incorrect. Guys, yeah, let's so- get the Ronald Reagan clip they showed me yesterday.
8: Sorry, go ahead. Ronald Reagan said that too. Well, I think Hitler did target and kill some people. So I think you know. I think Obama killed Palestinians. <coughs> no, I hear you. Here, here's where I think the
4: frustration is. And Nick, you can comment on this. And Obama was not the first black president. He was another Jewish president.
3: Yeah, uh, Heather, I kind of concur with you. He was all over the map with that one.
10: I know, Obama's like the first black Jewish president, it's really cool. But that guy's nuts. And like so with Alex Jones. He's crazy too. Wasn't he the guy that just got sued for like um like the school shooting thing?
3: Yeah, 10 trillion dollars, you know, and he'll never be able to pay. He'll never <laughs> yeah,
10: be. I so like they're both crazy. Just shut them up. I don't want to hear them anymore.
3: No, I know, but unfortunately Heather America Loves a Train Crash, where they're waiting for the choo choo Charlie Kanye West to crash right into the Rocky Mountains.
10: I know, like I've been listening like all day to the radio. I've been driving all day today, so I've been listening to you guys all day. I'm like it just from one talk show host to the next, like no one shuts up about it. Everyone just playing over and over. Even you earlier. You you were playing earlier today also.
3: Yeah, that's true. I, I must I must acknowledge to you I have committed that sin. That sin of talking about Kanye West uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, that's school ball, and yes, little boy Nazi Fuentes, and Alex Jones. Boy, what a loony-kazoon he is. I am guilty. I am guilty as charged, Heather.
10: Yes, you are, but um, I really love your show. You really make me laugh, so thank well,
3: you. Well, Heather, everybody needs a belly laugh. You know why I do this talk radio thing? You know, and everybody out there, my colleagues, I'm not going to name them Frank Marano. Uh, I'm not going to name them. They go on to these rants like somehow they're going to educate you. You're out there. Oh, we're going to change your your way of thinking, right? You know, with Frank Marano, it's a third party. It's a third party. America needs a third party. You know how many people have been saying that for like a century? A third party, right? And he gives you all the nuances and he tells you why there's a need and, We're not going to change one person's mind out there. Anybody listening to talk radio has already made up their mind, right? This is entertainment. You got that Stunard, Ken, runway model that Frank Morano is like all for toots over? This is theater of the mind. This is entertainment. This is not a bully pulpit where you start ranting and raving like some of my fellow colleagues in the business. Like, yeah. Like, I need to hear you tell me what I should be doing when I know who you are and what you do in your own life ain't going to happen. Oh, Trump is God. Biden sucks. I mean, that's that's the way most programs. Trump is God. Although now he's a little tarnished. He's a little tarnished, right? DeSantis. Oh, he's the Mashiach. Get out of here. Heather's right. Heather, she she gave me a pimp slap. She gave me an attitude, no readjustment. I was on my high horse there, right? Talking about, what the hell does that mean? You're on your high horse. What does that mean? People say that, wait, get off your high horse. What the hell does that mean? Get off your high horse. Now, do they mean like, you know, when you were outside the candy store and all of a sudden your mother would put like a quarter in and you get on the little pony ride, Right. That was not a high horse. What do they mean? Get off your high horse. Most people have never ridden a horse in their life. Can I tell you about the time, the one time in my life, I rode a horse. I was at the Rosebud Reservation with the Guardian Angels from Chicago. And the Sioux there had told me, Curtis, can you please come out here? We have gang influence from Chicago. I said, how do you know they're Chicago? They're wearing Chicago Blackhawks shirts, the ice hockey team. So, oh, that's a pretty good indication, right? You don't play ice hockey there uh, on the reservation. Rosebud is huge. And so I went out there with the Guardian Angels, right? And they said there are two things you have to do. You have to go into the sweat hut. You know, this is what the men do, you know, the young braves, the warriors. They go in the sweat hut. So they put you in this hut, and they put these rocks, rocks that they have been, like, grilling over fire. And they put it in, and then they pour water over there, and they keep you in the hut. And you got your nose right in the dirt because you can barely breathe. But you can't tap out you can't tell the uh, indians can i call them indians oh wait a second first nation people indigenous people i'm i'm so confused you can't tell the young braves out there that you, as a white boy, you know, you're, you're tapping out. So everybody sucks it up. And I had black and Hispanic guardian angels and one young Indian guy from Minneapolis guardian angels. And, uh, and by the time we finished, they finally opened up. And then we had to go diving in this cold water. And we got we got like shivering, shiver my timbers. Ugh, I must have had pneumonia. And then they said, and now you're going to go horse riding bareback. I said, horse riding bareback. Yeah, no saddle. And so now the Indian guardian angel from Minneapolis, oh, he's used to this. He's doing tricks. He's turning. He's jumping, you know. It's like <laughs> looking at an old Western, you know. Uh, Rin Tin Tin. No, no, no. That's the dog. It's <laughs> so, uh, the Lone Ranger and Tonto, right? So he gets in the front, and his horse is running. And all our horses are running. And some of the guardian angels are falling off their horse. My horse was right behind him. I'm holding on to the mane of the horse, his hair. I'm holding on for dear life, and we come to this ravine. An Indian boy, Native Indian boy, uh, Indigenous person boy, uh, First Native uh, boy, he jumps over with the horse and he goes over the ravine. My horse stops, and I fly over the ravine and I hit the ground. And, man, I was, like, drunk and stupor for, like, the next day. I'm wobbling. I'm falling down. It was like I was TKO'd. I've never been on a horse again, not even a carousel. Let me tell you something. My sons, Carter and Hunter, my two youngest sons, we were in uh, Flushing Meadow Park. They have a little carousel there. Daddy, Daddy, come on to the carousel. It was hell no. I have Nightmares. Every time I see a horse, even a little wooden horse on a carousel, I'm saying to myself, God, when I watch reruns of Mr. Ed, right, i I like, oh, my God. I flew in the air like 50 feet in the air. Bang. So I tell the, I tell the brave as I'm falling down, I mean, I couldn't get up. I, I lost my stability. I said, did I pass the test? He said, no. Would you like to take the test all over again? No. I'll fail this test. I'm less than a man. I looked down my trousers and there were cocktail onions there. I could see that my manhood had shrunk right before my eyes. Sorry, I had to digress. I had to digress.
1: The other side of midnight. 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 It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano.
3: Stanley Park, Vancouver. Brian Adams walking through, he had an epiphany. Sung Young Moon, an epiphany for evil. Curtis Slewa had an epiphany in which I realized that all the furniture was upstairs and rearranged in my wrong rooms. I scratched my medulla and cerebellum each and every day and I said, Will I ever, ever be able to recapture that moment? in the middle of the most beautiful city in the Western Hemisphere, in the middle of the most beautiful park, Stanley Park, and look around, and there was nothing but trees and dogs lifting their legs. And I said, this is nirvana. This is what life is like. Everyone was happy. Hippies were dancing with flowers in their hands. Men were rolling joints, and they were just, like, beaming themselves up into a a world that most of us will never experience. You see, marijuana and drugs were legal in Vancouver before there was even the notion of legalization. So maybe it was the Maui Waui, the Hindu Kush. Maybe it was the secondary smoke that caused Sun, Young, Moon to have an epiphany. Brian Adams to have an epiphany. Curtis Flewer to have an epiphany walking through Stanley Park. You see, uh ladies and gentlemen, this is a stream of consciousness. You should see the crew of the Frank Morano show. They're no, they're used to the normal kind of a talk show, you know. Uh, We have a guest uh, from uh, Bavaria on the line. He's wearing his leader hose. And what is it like uh, in Oktoberfest? They're not not used to a stream of consciousness. You don't know where I'm going to go with this. I know that all of you want to talk about Kanye West, but I've already told you everything. He is going to have his own epiphany. Although at this rate, I don't think he's going to make it to Stanley Park. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to realize, just like Mike Tyson said, if I go on the stage of The View with the Hencluckers, Joyless Behar, the Whoopster, if I go on with Ellen DeGeneres or Oprah, right, and I just cry my eyes out to Oprah, I know not what I did, Oprah. I was gripped into the belly of the beast, into Dante's Inferno. I lost every penny I had. I was a billionaire. And then I became a millionaire. And now I'm hanging out on the south side with my homies on 95th Street off the Dan Ryan Expressway. And I took that gold chain that I used to wear around my neck and hid when I was a billionaire. And now I'm wearing that gold chain again because... Man, I'm hanging with my homies. I'm back on the south side of Chi-Town.
1: This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano.
7: They're running a strange program, y'all.
1: Now, here's Frank Morano.
3: on, ladies and gentlemen. Once, once Lee will hooks you, I don't let you go. No, 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 no cutting Z's. No uh, vacillating, no half-stepping. Once I have you in my, what we'll call our uh, circumference, our radio circumference. You got to go with me the whole nine yards all the way to the five o'clock hour. On this, the nationally syndicated Frank Morano Show. And I will tell you what, uh, I hate to uh, have been uh, cold busting uh, all of you guys, the Frank Morano crew here. Obviously, Matt Blaze, a man who clearly reminds me of the Fugitive series that I watched many, many years ago. A man with multiple aliases that I have reported to HR and have asked them to do a deep dive. I... I think we might have somebody here that Interpol would be very interested in. But they don't seem to heed my advice. And then we have uh, Ken, the runway model that Frank uh, Morano seems, uh, let's just say, to be mesmerized by. Uh, Ken, you are a stunad, You can do no wrong in the eyes of Frank Morano. And boy, every time I've had to substitute for Frank, which has been quite a long uh, period of time, Guy's getting to be a gold brick uh, deadbeat slacker. Uh, But I've noticed time and time again when you have messed up, when you are guilty of extraordinary faux pas in this thing of ours, talk radio. He's thrown you a lifeline. I don't understand that. And thrown my telephone talent coordinator, Avery, under the bus. Why? Because he's a black man and you are a cockazoid, huh? Is that why? And then, of course, the nighttime producer, Alex the biggest brown nose ever in the history of talk radio, and that's saying a lot. He's got his schnoz right out of the tuchus of Frank Morano. Whatever Frank says, Alex does. And by the way, if you ever want to know about Alex, um, he's got a hustle on the side in which this guy is with a band that is so freaky-deaky. Yes, that is correct. That, um... I feel like I have to take a shower after listening to his music. It is that gross. And that's the lineup you have here at WABC. And why are we playing the new Cool in the Gang as opposed to the old Cool in the Gang? Papa Bell from Jersey City. Followers of Scooey Louie Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam. And you see, like all of you, you have to put aside your politics. I mean, I hate Farrakhan. I hate Hey, Minister Farrakhan, I hate you with a passion, but I love the old cool in the gang. This is the new sort of party-hardy cool in the gang. I like them, too. But I really, really hate the Nation of Islam and Farrakhan. But Papa Bell and his followers in the old cool in the gang out of Jersey City, they said, straight up, man, we support Nation of Islam. We support Elijah Muhammad, who founded, believe it or not, he was working in an assembly line at a Ford factory in Detroit. And he had an epiphany, too, while a Model T came down the line in Highland Park, right? This is the anniversary of uh, uh, Henry Ford's Model T. And he said, I'll create a religion in which there is this huge satellite floating out there where an evil white scientist named Yakub, in an experiment gone awry created what we know are to be white devils. But if you really want to get on the Farrakhan Elijah Muhammad rocket ship, you got to fly your little flying saucer up here. Now you'll find salvation as a urio Asiatic black man with seven and three-quarter ounces of brain. The white devils only have seven and one-quarter ounces of brain. And while he was taking his lunch break at that Ford plant in Highland Park, which is a city within a city in Detroit. People don't realize this. Detroit has two cities within a city. There is Highland Park, where the Model T was invented by Henry Ford. It's only one square mile long. And then the other city within the city is Hamtramck, the Polish city, which used to be Polish. It has Pope John Paul's statue there, one square mile long. But they took a bulldozer... And they took a wrecking ball to the Polish church there, the Polish Catholic Church, that I sat in with those demonstrators who said to Coleman Young, Coleman Young, King Coleman Young, who wanted to knock it down to build the Cadillac plant there, which he did. Y'all have to take me away in chains and shackles. And guess what? He did. So uh, now you know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. Two cities within a city, unheard of like jelly in a jelly donut twice. And what was I talking about? Oh, yes, uh, I was digressing them. So imagine, there you are, you're Elijah Muhammad, you have created this thing called the Nation of Islam, and now you actually have a lot of black guys and black women following you. And they're calling you the Mashiach, the Mashiach. So if all of a sudden somebody would have bang a drum, fly a flag, and wear a shmata, wow, you got a religion. The Nation of Islam. And he said, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here, man. I got to get out of this Ford plant in Highland Park. So he came to Chi-Town, Chicago, and then he established there. And who became his national spokesperson? Yes, Malcolm X. Malcolm X, who at that time hated whites, hated Jews. Who did he hate more, Jews or whites? Didn't matter. They were both the same damn crackers, you know. Hey, you know Ashkenazi, Sephardic. Maybe, no, he didn't even give a break to uh, Sephardic. No, 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 he used to call them sand fleas, right? Right. He's like, that's it. And then all of a sudden he was reborn. Oh, he went to Mecca. He did the Hajj. And he realized, wow, there are a lot of white Muslims out there. Oh, I've given up all my hate. And then what did screwy Louis Farrakhan do? He was sent by Elijah Muhammad with a hit squad. We got to take this guy out. He's a danger to us because speaking out now about the infidelities of Elijah Muhammad, who had like um, 23 concubines and like 5,000 children. And he was preaching about that. That's right, Ken. And then all of a sudden he was in the Audubon ballroom. He was giving one of his lectures. He had a very large crowd and waiting in the wings with a hitman from Louis Farrakhan who went to the mosque in Newark. Couldn't trust any of the Nation of Islam members in New York, figuring they dropped dime to their former national spokesperson, Malcolm X. Hey, you want to see the movie Spike Lee, 40 uh, Acres in a Mule? That's propaganda. You'll hear the real history from Curtis Slewa. And then it came in with shotguns. It was a distraction. And they blasted Malcolm X into the hereafter. Remember Malcolm X by any means necessary? Remember that posters? How many of you had posters of Malcolm X in your dormitories when you were going to college and ripping your parents off, right? Because what were you? Oh, uh, we're just taking, uh, you know, basic courses in basket weaving, you know, sports broadcasting, ridiculous things like that, getting high, smoking dope. In the meantime, our parents were having to work two jobs to make ends meet. And we had big posters of Malcolm X. White people in their dorm rooms. Stunard, he hated white people. He hated Jews. Oh, but we love Malcolm X. Boy, did I digress there, huh? Mm, see, you learn a little bit about the nation. I hate them, especially their security. They call them the FOI, the Fruit of the Loom boys, I call them. Did I ever tell you the time, that Dominic Carter? You got to ask Dominic Carter. He's a Urio Asiatic black man. He grew up in the projects. Oh, yeah, 138th and 3rd, the Patterson projects, rough. And then he grew up in the Throgsneck projects, went to uh, Theodore Roosevelt High School. Oh, the favorite person of uh, Frank Morano, who's not here today because he's a recovering talk show host. Uh, Frank Morano. Uh, alive or dead, what's the one person in the world that you would want to have dinner with? Oh, without a doubt, Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, are you a Cheech? Are uh, you a Zip uh, Siciliano? Oh, yeah, that's uh, my name. You know, everybody in my family is named Carmine except for me. My son is named Carmine. My father's is named Carmine. So that means you're a Cheech, a Zip, right, a Siciliano. Absolutely, 100% Siciliano. Do you realize that your hero, Teddy Roosevelt, Was asked by the New York Times. We understand that eleven Sicilians were hung and lynched in the streets of New Orleans by a mob. What do you think of that, President Teddy Roosevelt? Yeah, I said good, they should have hung some more. And this is the guy that Frank Moran wants to have dinner with if he would ever to be resurrected, right? In fact, maybe he's at Mount Rushmore right now, you know, bowing to Teddy Roosevelt up there. Not George Washington, not Thomas Jefferson, no, not Abraham Lincoln, but Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, go ahead. Kill some more Sicilians. Lynch them. I you have no know,
8: idea what's going on.
3: Yeah, you don't. That's how we got Columbus Day. The next president, I forgot who the hell he was. He felt so bad for what Teddy Roosevelt said. Hey, you know, to appease you Italians, you wops you Guineas, you Dagos, here, here's Columbus Day. You know, in honor of the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa, and the Maria. Right? The Nina, the Pinta, the Santa, and the Maria. Hey, by the way, did you know Christopher Columbus? He was Jewish. Did you know that? From Genoa? Oh, yeah. And the reason he fled Spain after he got the money from Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand, right, 1492, that was also the date of the Spanish Inquisition. If you happen to be a Jew, off with your head. Or you could convert and become a what? A A Morano. Did you know that? So that tells you that Frank Morano, his family, at one time were Jews in Spain. And all of a sudden, the conquistadores of Queen Isabella and Ferdinand came knocking at their door. I see that you have on your door here, you have the symbol of Judaism. The Ben-Hur symbol, right? The Star of David. Do you renounce your Judaism now at the point of a sword? And right away, his great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather in Seville, Spain, said, Yes, we renounce it. We want our heads to stay on our shoulders. So you are now Moranos. The rest of the Jews, they fled to Poland. And the Polish said, Hey, by the way, would you like to be our tax collectors and go into the Ukraine? And the Polish princes said, Wow. I understand from uh, the Spanish uh, friends of ours, of Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand, who wanted to chop your heads off, that you were pretty good tax collectors. Well, we're going to send you into the Ukraine. The Ukraine? Where is the Ukraine? It's it's that country over there. Wait a second. They have Cossacks, don't they? Uh, they launch pogroms, don't they? Don't worry about it. You just collect the money for the Polish princes. And then all of a sudden the Cossacks got together in Ukraine and they went up to the Polish princes and they said, how dare you send the Jews to collect the taxes? And they said, it wasn't us. Oh, so if we launch a pogrom and we wipe them out, that's OK with you? Never saw them before in our lives. No wonder why Jews, they always have passports on them. They never know. Even in the United States. Hey. Hey, Mo, why do you have a passport on you? You never know. You never know. See, you're getting a stream of consciousness here. It's coming fast and furious. You want to talk Kanye West? Come on. Everybody else is talking Kanye West. Who the hell is talking this stuff? Now you know why Frank Morano ended up with the name Morano. They didn't flee to Poland. They didn't die by having their heads chopped off because they said, we will not forsake Hashem. We will not forsake Hashem. We will not accept J.C. Why not? Jesus Christ was a Jew. When he died, when he crucified, right, he was a Jew. But they figured, hey, we can't give up on Hashem, Old Testament. We don't recognize the New Testament. Chop! So now you know why Columbus, in search of India and the spices went in the wrong direction because he had to get the hell out of there before they realized this Christopher Columbus that we just gave all that money to to buy the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa, and the Maria, and we put a crew together. We shanghai them. I see the records here from Genoa say he's a Jew. Drop his drawers. Is he circumcised? He is. Off with his head. You see, this is history Curtis Sliwa style. You learn a lot when you listen to Curtis Sliwa. So now the next time when you call Frank Morano, say, hey, I understand from a very reliable authority on this matter that if we trace your lineage because you won't give up your DNA, you won't go to Salt Lake City. You won't go to the Mormons because you think giving your DNA could somehow be used in solving a crime. Like what crimes are you committing, Frank Marano, Huh? If you trace his lineage, you will find out. That somewhere in his family tree, the conquistadores put their sword to the neck of his great, 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 great grandfather. A cheech, a Zip, I might add. And then they became Moranos. He'll deny it. You can't deny that. How do you end up with a name Morano, right? Look it up. Go ahead. Look it up in Webster's Dictionary. Uh, Ken, I know that may be too difficult for you, multi words you always have a difficulty with, but oh, Alex, you know, boy, Wikipedia, he's right now back there with his brown nose going through Wikipedia. I wonder if Curtis is correct. You know, if he's giving misinformation, we'll have to report to all of our many listeners out there that were hypnotized the other day that Curtis was wrong about Frank Marano. Our number is one 800 848 That's 1-800-848-WABC. Now, whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, whether you follow Hashem, whether you follow JC, whether you follow Buddha, whether you follow Allah... Whether you uh, worship 4,000 gods and goddesses, you know, with elephant heads and 52 legs and arms sticking out of their bodies uh, in Hindu temples. Where if you've ever been to the ashram like I've been in Poncheri, Bombay, and Madras, there are monkeys fornicating all over the place. And you say to the monks there, what the hell are the monkeys doing? Hey, they're procreating. You know, we need more monkeys at the temple, right? Because then the people come and feed the monkeys and we sweep behind them and take whatever food is left over. Yeah, yeah. Ah, pretty smart there, right? Hey, can Even for a guy like you, you can figure that out. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But let me ask you a question. And this has happened in the northeast sector. This has happened in the Midwest, the heartland of America, the West Coast. This has happened all across America. A Brinks truck... Uh, doing pickups or deliveries. For some strange reason, the back door cracks open. Somebody must have been in sleep or in a drug-induced psychosis. You know, one of the fuddy-duddy guards inside. And bags full of money and bags full of money pop out on the freeway. Like just recently happened out in San Diego. I think it was along I-5 or one of those interstates. And I want you to listen as money you know, it's like, what was that song? It's raining men. In this case, it never rains in Southern California. But on that day, it was raining money.
0: <laughs> it was raining money on a California highway today. And lots of people stopped to scoop up all those $20 bills. This is the most insane thing I've ever seen. Someone drop money all over the freeway. San Diego has shut down. Oh, my gosh. Thousands of dollars in cash fell out of a Brinks truck when the rear door suddenly sprang open. Motors pulled over and jumped for joy as they picked up the money, just like they won the lottery. we going sister of baby. But not so fast. Cops are warning the money grabbers to turn in the loot.
5: I highly suggest
4: that they come in before we come knocking on their door. And just turn the cash
0: in. Two people were arrested at the scene with the cash they collected. And the FBI is studying videos to find others. In the meantime, people can dream.
2: This is the most insane thing I've ever seen.
3: Didn't you love that one guy? We're going to Sizzlers. (laughs) Have you ever been to a Sizzlers? I got to tell you. My two youngest sons, they love Sizzlers. I have no idea. That was like the raunchiest place that I've ever been to. Always Lines Buffet. There was a Sizzler right on Metropolitan Avenue in Forest Hills when I was living there. Carter and Hunter would say to me, Daddy, Daddy, we want to go to Sizzler's. The only thing I liked at Sizzler's, they had those big Idaho potatoes. Not Maine. I said, I want to look at the bag." You know, I went in the back area. Oh, my God, I looked in the back area. Man, they didn't get a grade yet. You see, in New York, they put grades on restaurants. They, They had outside, and it was withered. Grade still pending, like three years, Grade still pending. So the manager must have been greasing off the health inspectors. I went in the back there. I thought, oh, my God, there's like cockroaches on military maneuvers on the floor there. So I go over to the bag of potatoes, and they were Maine potatoes. And I like, hey, I said, no, no, no. I only eat big Idaho potatoes. They said, "Well, just imagine. Close your eyes and imagine it's an Idaho potato." They showed him it's a big potato. I said, It's a main potato. I don't like main potatoes because of Kenny Bunkport because that's where the Bushes were living. I, I, that's where uh, Muskie. Remember when he was running for the presidency, he cried. Um, no man cries when you're running for the presidency. And that was it for Muskie, although they claimed that they had fed him LSD, that it was a Republican trickster, probably Roger Stone. But he was crying there. Remember, Muskie? <laughs> what was he crying about? You didn't realize he had hemorrhoids, and he had no preparation H on the campaign trail. You know, you know what hemorrhoids are like when you're walking around and you don't have preparation H. That's why Muskie was crying. That's what it turned out years later. It wasn't LST that spiked his uh, water, that they claimed that Roger Stone, the political trickster of the Republican Party used. In fact, Roger Stone, friend, I might add, of Frank Morano, has a big tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back. Oh, man. He knows where all the bones are buried and who buried them. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. Now, question is, if all of a sudden you're driving along a freeway... Or any major thoroughfare. Is your attitude finders, keepers, losers, weepers, that immediately you just pick up the cash and you disappear? Or are you part of this newfound generation, generation X, Y, Z, or whatever? You know, like Ken here, you know, the runway model who's vapid. And all of a sudden, you stop and you have to take a video of yourself and post it on your social media. Because it's more important to be famous on social media than to have the money because the sheriff's going to come for you. Did you hear the sheriff, right? Could I hear that again, please? I I need to hear that again. The sheriff says we're coming for you. And he doesn't have to work hard because all he's got to do is go to the Instagram accounts.
0: (laughs) It was raining money on a California highway today, and lots of people stopped to scoop up all those $20 bills. This is the most insane thing I've ever seen. Someone dropped money all over the
2: freeway. San Diego has shut down. Oh, my gosh.
0: Thousands of dollars in cash fell out of a Brinks truck when the rear door suddenly sprang open. Motors pulled over and jumped for joy as they picked up the money, just like they won the lottery.
12: we go. baby.
0: But not so fast. Cops are warning the money grabbers to turn in the loot.
5: I highly suggest that they come in
4: before we come knocking on their door and just turn the cash in
0: two people were arrested at the scene with the cash they collected and the fbi is studying videos to find others in the meantime people can dream this is
2: the most insane thing i've ever
3: seen you see uh, ken uh, telephone talent coordinator would probably photobomb himself with the loot and post it right on instagram he's going to jail and the older people, older be like my generation, baby boomers, no, they look both ways, see if uh, 5-0 was around. They'd be stashing the cash. I, I want to ask all of you, be honest. Would you scoop the cash up and drive away and never report it? Would you be the good Samaritan type, scoop up the cash, and then drive it to the nearby police precinct and say, hey, officer, you know, I spotted this money out on the freeway. I stopped. I scooped up as much as possible. I want to return it to the bank. You know, the armored car was there, but they drove off. Or do all of a sudden you realize, I'll never have an opportunity like this again. Look, they got insurance, right? They got insurance for this. It's all paid for insurance. Hey, it's like I'm getting paid today, right? It's like it's an ATM machine, and I got the pin numbers, and man, I'm lucky today, and I ain't giving it back. I ain't giving it back. I wonder what the Frank Morano audience was doing. Now they're having pangs of consciousness. What do I do? What do I tell this screwball Kurdish Curtis Lee, that I would cop the money and I would uh, disavow having any knowledge, even though they got my license plate number? You were at the scene. There was a person matching your description who was seen leaving your, uh, your Yugo car. There's only two Yugos left. that had been manufactured in Serbia years ago by Tito, uh, and you're the owner of that car, right? What car? This, this Hugo car. Never saw it before in my life. We know what Ken would do, right? What would you, what would you do, Mad Place? What would you do if you saw the cash? Man, there's cameras everywhere. I would not take that money. I'd be out of there. Oh, you wouldn't even pick it up? You wouldn't
8: even pick it up. I'm just out. Because you know, there's, there's highway cameras everywhere. They And like you said, they got, they got your license
3: plate. They're gonna find you. So will be flying all over the freeway and you you would turn down a payday.
8: I'd file the guy to Sizzler to watch him get caught.
3: <laughs> and Ken, Ken, you who are so vapid, you who are so stunod. Curtis, I gotta fund my
10: wardrobe for the runway. I'm taking that cash.
3: See? See, he's younger than you, Matt Plays. And would you be photobombing yourself as you were taking the cash and the stash and then all of a sudden popping it on your Instagram?
10: Nah, I can't you can't be that stood
3: well, there are people out there who did that. Uh, apparently, when this uh, story aired, two people got arrested at the scene. Eventually, 42 people got arrested. And they weren't the illegal aliens coming across the border from Tijuana either on their way to Los Angeles. They were residents of San Diego County. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's one 848 wabc
1: The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano.
3: Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the
7: stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.
1: It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Frank Marano.
9: Now what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat. Friends are gonna try to move your
4: feet. You see I am under Mike and I like to say hello. All oh, to the black to
2: the white the red and the brown and the ripple and yellow. My first I got a bang bang. Now we to
3: the book and say up jump. I never forget. Bang, bang boogie, it was in the 80s I was visiting the Natty Boys Cincinnati. Over the Rhine Vine Street. Mad crazy, mad crazy. And I stopped at the White Castle there. Yeah, had to get my belly sliders. And one of the homies there, you know, they're like 50 years behind, right? The homeboys, they still got gold in their teeth, right? He had a boombox and he was playing, what else? Rappers of Delight, Sugar Hill Gang. And he goes, you from New York, right? I say, yeah, Natty Boy. He goes, Bronx, right? Bronx. Said, yeah, can you even find it on a map? Sugar Hill Gang, Rappers of Delight. I say, yeah, you want to repeat it. You know what I mean? 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 Tell so, you man, get out of my face, man. I'm eating my burgers now. any moment, I'm going to have to get Pepto-Bismol, you know. It's like uh, it goes down nice, and then it implodes White Castle Burgers. I'll never forget that. Over the Rhine. And then, you know, they got the Procter & Gamble International Headquarters are there with their cult sign on the top of the building. You fly into Cincinnati, you see it from so far away. Procter & Gamble has their own police department. You know, they provide most of the products that you buy in the supermarkets. And they also give out the coupons. Oh, man. And they send them out because people used to rip off the coupons. You know, when they used to be in the papers every Wednesday, people would steal bundles of paper and then they cut out the coupons and they'd sit on couches with the coupons underneath. They'd throw them in dryers. They'd try to make them look like they were used and oldie moldy. And then they would bundle them up. They'd return them to the supermarket, who then would return them to the wholesaler. And then they would return them to Procter & Gamble. And they would say, what say? Redemption rate in Baltimore, 4% of the coupons. Redemption rate in Philadelphia, 5%. Redemption rate in New York City, 6%. Redemption rate in Detroit, 28%. How the hell is that? All right, you go investigate. Man. Oh, yeah, the FBI or Procter & Gamble would descend on Detroit to the party stores that were run by the Christian Iraqians, better known as the Chaldeans, of whom I sometimes get mistaken for. If you look at my Wikipedia, they say, Oh, Sliwa, he must be a Syrian, Chaldean, Christian, Iraqian. And in fact, I remember when I was doing 10 days in the Detroit House of Correction, put there by Yes King Coleman Young, the people who bailed me out were the Chaldeans. You know why they bailed me out? They run all the party stores. These are like the bodegas in Detroit. And the Chaldeans walk around with AK-47 rifles inside the bodegas. They former a party store because they're getting robbed all the time. The Chaldeans said, we've come to rescue you from the Detroit House of Correction. I said, well, thank you very much, because you're one of our peeps. I said, what do you mean? Well, your name, Sliwa, you know what that means in Chaldean? I said, I I hate to disappoint you, but I'm not Chaldean. Uh, That's my father's last name. That's Polish. No, no, it's not. It's Chaldean. And they said, why? I said, in Chaldean, it means crucifix. Our archbishop is named Sliwa. What does Sliwa mean in Polish? And I said, it means a plump. What would you rather be, a plum or a crucifix? Hmm. I say, man, how do I convert? How do I convert to be a Chaldean? I want to be named after the crucifix. The archbishop is named Sliwa. I could be the cardinal of the Chaldean Church, right, which is an affiliate of the Roman Catholic Church. See, you're learning a lot, right? You're learning a lot. You had no idea. Well, let me tell you about the Chaldeans. They would use the women Chaldeans since they ran all the party stores, all the grocery stores, all the bodegas, all the supermarkets. And the women would be in the back and they would steal all these loaves of 50, stacks of 50 paper. Detroit Free Press, the afternoon paper, the Detroit News, especially on Wednesday, which was coupon day. The women would be in the back cutting out the coupons, and they'd be putting them under couches. They'd be jumping up and down on the couches. They'd tell the kids, jump up and down on the couch. Then they would throw the coupons in the dryer and go round and round. Then they would bundle them up. They'd bring them to the wholesaler. Then they would return them to Procter & Gamble. 28% redemption. So the Procter & Gamble police raided the supermarkets and grocery stores and pulled guns on the Chaldeans, who then pulled AK-47s on the Procter & Gamble police. So you learned something today. Let me tell you about that time we were in southwest Detroit, right? We were patrolling. All of Detroit is a hot mess, right? It's Michigash. And some Chaldeans had left their supermarket... As they were doing inventory, you know, you bring in a whole crew, they got to count everything on the shelves, everything in the back room, on your calculators. So they took a lunch break. They walked down to a diner. They left one of the doors open. All of a sudden, one of the homies opened the door thinking the supermarket was open. He said, there's nobody in the store. He screams out, yo, free stuff, free stuff. People are bum-rushing that supermarket. Man, they're crawling in everything. I see it with 10 Guardian Angels. We go inside. It's at least 200 people inside. They're grabbing meat, cigarettes, liquor. They're putting them in the shopping carts. And they had these big protective barriers. They're picking up the shopping carts over it, right? And I said, how am I going to stop this, man? This is like looting. They're like looting. And so all of a sudden, I run in there and I tell the guys, get ready. Hey! Hey! The, the cops, the cops are coming 5-0. They're falling down on the ground. They're slipping and sliding. They're like, Try, I, I help them. Get, get out of here. Get out quick. The cops are coming. And then they run outside. They're in the street. They're looking around from the corner where the cops, they don't hear any cops. And we're taking brooms and mop handles and putting them in the doors and blocking the doors. And then they realize... That white boy, he used technology. They bum rushed that store. They were throwing things at the windows and breaking through. We're fighting them, right? And then all of a sudden the Chaldeans are returning from lunch and they got toothpicks in their mouth, right? Probably had their BLT, bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches. And they, they come up to me after everybody scatters. The cops showed up. I say, You're the guy from New York, yeah. Yeah. You're the guardian angel guy, right you Chaldean. Wrong. Yes, you are. Your name is Sliwa. We, we watch you on TV. Why didn't you stop them? Look, they looted our store. I said, you, you got coolons here. You, you got waybos here. We're supposed to risk our life. Stop them from looting while you left the door open and you had a BLT down the a few blocks away at the dining. All the Chaldeans were cursing me. What good are you? They should have clipped your wings. You're no Chaldean. And now you learned the life and times of Curtis Lee when the mean tough streets of Detroit with the Chaldeans. So, if you look at Wikipedia, oh, he's of Assyrian heritage. No, I'm not. And yet they keep, you know, because you can write anything in, uh, in Wikipedia. It drives me crazy. I said, how do you like that? I risked my life with the Guardian Angels to stop the looting of that Chaldean supermarket in southwest Detroit, and they were totally ungrateful. Our number is one 800 848 That's 1-800-848-WABC. Oh, I had mentioned the Natty Boys. You see, I digress. Let me talk about Cincinnati. This happened just the other day. Drivers outside of Cincinnati got an early Christmas bonus after pulling over and grabbing money that had spilled out on Interstate 7. What? Out of a Brink's truck. It happened about 3.45 in the afternoon, and drivers were seen pulling over, getting out of their vehicles and grabbing currency and stuffing it in their cars and driving it off. Dispatchers from the Warren County Sheriff's Office told their deputies in the field that there were reports of money all over the highway near I-71. The state police in Ohio also responded to the scene to assist because traffic was snarled due to the cash grab. County dispatchers said they received reports of bags and bags of money that were all over the highway that would be snatched up by people. The request for additional information was deferred by the state police, who said the Warren County Sheriff's Office took the lead on the investigation. They were going to be checking the video from the nearby posted cameras in which they would track down the culprits if they hadn't come in and return the money in 48 hours based on their license plates the sheriff's office did not immediately respond to requests seeking confirmation of the incident or if within 48 hours people had decided to return the loot the natty boys i'm telling you over the vine Rhine, Rhine. anybody ever been there rough still got those fronts in their mouth, the natty boys, right, with gold. Man, what were what, what they, back in the 80s? And then they got the the jerry curls, too, the greasy, greasy jerry curls. And they got the bubble hats, you know, where they're putting little bubble hats on. I said, you still use jerry curl? Yeah, man, man, it's fly. You you're using terms like Fly. Well, what have you gone to the black exploitation movies downtown Cincinnati watching Superfly TNT shaft? He's a bad mother. Watch your mouth. They thought that was a hip and happening movie. Anyway, let's go to the phones. It's Jay in the Poconos. you will to be heard here on the Frank Morano National uh, Syndicated Program, Jay.
13: Good morning, Curtis. Uh, I would not take the money just for a simple reason. It's not mine, and it wouldn't be worth the aggregation. Getting asked by the police. You know, they're going to find a lot of these people, and I just wouldn't want to get involved with it. But um, that's just the way our society is now. They, they don't even think about the, the simplest, easiest rules to follow, you know?
3: Yeah, but I got to tell you, Jay, in everybody's minds, it's just like uh, when there was looting and shooting in the summer of 2020. And I was out on the streets uh, with the Guardian Angels in uh, a Soho, in Midtown, Manhattan. This was June 1st, June 2nd. The mayor in New York City, uh, Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, had ordered the police to stand down. Black Lives Matter and Antifa were like locusts through the cornfield. They were, they were looting, looting. And when we would confront them and stop them, they would say, what do you guys care they got insurance. They got insurance. You see, that's the prevailing attitude. It's don't worry about it. They're going to get their money back. They got insurance,
13: Jay. Yeah, I don't. I still wouldn't wouldn't go anywhere near there. It, that's I'm um,
2: uh, just don't don't need any trouble.
13: If I stay away from
3: it.
2: So
13: hey, but uh, listen, it's great to hear you on the radio and. Um, I, easy by, the by, the way,
3: by the way, by the way, Jay, uh, you're in the sixth borough of the city of New York, to Poconos. Do you also happen to be a police officer?
13: No, no, I'm not. I'm
3: just a dopey truck driver. Oh, truck driver, 18-wheel tractor-trailer? Yes, sir. Oh, and what's your route? Where are you going from and where are you going to? I go from the Poconos to the city,
13: anywhere in the city, every day.
3: And how much do you get clipped? Because as you're going through Pennsylvania, you go on the turnpike there.
13: Uh, Route 80, and then uh, either the DW or Lincoln Tunnel.
3: So when you bring your load into the city, how much do they clip you for tolls?
13: It's over a hundred dollars. We have Easy Pass, so I don't really know wow. the specifics, but it's over a hundred bucks.
3: Yeah, well they've raised it's, it. They've raised it.
13: It's ridiculous.
3: And do you ever go south of Sixtieth Street on the island of Manhattan? Yes. Well, guess what? When you do that in the future, if the governor has her way, there'll be something called congestion pricing. It'll be another another round of you getting clipped. You won't have any hair left on your uh, your head after the barber clips you over and over and over.
13: Right. Hey. So I don't. I'm not independent. So the company pays for it but um when the, the, the customer is the ultimate person who's gonna pay for all that. And what, like what goes up, the price goes
3: up what kind of load do you carry uh
13: it's kind of secret
3: oh okay you know, right? hush hush mush mush right
13: uh, yes sir
3: now question question uh is there enough diesel fuel out there now there was a shortage uh, a little while back
13: um it, there is right now um but but if we have any kind of bad weather where supply chain or if this rail strike goes, you know, you look at some of these uh, rail yards and all those tankers with the hazardous material placard with the flammable, a lot of that's either diesel fuel or some kind of additive for gasoline. And and uh, when when those trains stop, a lot of, a lot of that fuel is stop because they put the kibosh on the pipelines.
3: Now, do you happen to reside yourself in Pennsylvania, the Keystone State? Yes, sir. Uh, could you explain how you elected Fetterman as your U.S. senator? Inquiring minds want to know, Jay.
13: Now, I couldn't. I couldn't begin to tell you. I. I feel sorry for the man. Uh, he's obviously had a stroke, and you know, when you have a stroke, your brain part of your brain dies, and it doesn't grow back. And I. I cannot answer that question.
3: Well, I. I, I, I think I think I know, Jay. I did a deep dive early on. Uh, Dr. Oz, who was a carpetbagger from Jersey, there was no doubt about it. Uh, but that, did, that didn't become the number one problem. Uh, it wasn't well reported, but it was initially. Dr. Oz was asked, he has dual citizenship. He's a citizen of the United States, and he's a citizen of uh, Turkey. And he had two passports. And he was asked publicly on a number of occasions in interviews that were done from Pittsburgh to Philly to uh, Harrisburg, um, would you give in your Turkish passport and just be have an American passport? He said only if I win, and you know that resonated with a lot of people first of all, there are a lot of people let 's face it, do not trust Muslims that they 're wrong for that, but they have a prejudice about that, and then they see a guy like Dr. Oz who has benefited from America i mean he 's earned it, but he 's benefited refusing to give in his Turkish passport unless he won. So basically he's saying, if you elect me U.S. senator in Pennsylvania, I'll turn in my Turkish passport. If I lose, I'm keeping my Turkish passport. I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, Jed.
13: I believe that. I, my Both my parents were from Germany, and when they came over here in the 50s, they embraced America and never looked back. Um, I think... For me, Oz was a smart guy. He was successful, and I would rather have a smart, successful guy, regardless of what he thinks about a passport. That doesn't make such a big difference to me, but um, I would prefer having somebody, like I said, who's smart and, and uh, successful try and run our and all
3: all right, well, I concur with you, uh, Jay. Be safe on your ride with the material you're carrying in your 18-wheel tractor trailer as you uh, pop those gears with your hush-hush, mush-mush payload that we can't talk about.
13: At 10-4. Thanks, Curtis.
3: Very good. I think I know what he's got in his rig. Oh, yeah, I think I know what he's got in his rig. And by the way... I know some folks in uh, Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania more so, they're like hillbillies out there. You know, it's like guns and God and we hate Muslims. I think that cost. I think that costs Dr. Oz. I, I know a lot of people say, what are you talking about? Would somebody not vote for him because he had dual passports, dual citizenship? Yeah. Uh, to Erdogan in Turkey and he's a Muslim to boot, meaning Dr. Oz? Hell yes. A lot of prejudice out there. Although Kanye West hasn't talked about that yet. <laughs> He's just focused on Jews. And yes, there are some Jews still in Turkey, in Erdogan land, even though he hates the Jews.
1: The Other Side of midnight. 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 It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano.
2: Time the sun goes down, I let you take control. I can feel the paradise before my world and close. And tonight, had something wonderful. My bad habits lead to late nights, and then alone.
3: Under the title of Finders, Keepers, Losers, Weepers remember we were told that as kids finders keepers losers weepers I still can't get over that guy he's, he's he's picking up all that loot on I-5 outside of San Diego and he says we're going to Sizzlers man I can't tell you how many times my two youngest sons dragged me to Sizzlers and they had the buffet there, and everything was greasy. I mean, greasy. Oh, we want the mac and cheese. And you take the mac and cheese up into the Earl. The Earl would be dripping down, right? And they'd say, Oh, to the salad bar. And you would look at that lettuce, and you would say, That's not romaine lettuce. That's not iceberg lettuce. But the kind of lettuce is that? It's like brown. They'd say, Oh, it's a special kind of lettuce. You know, it's a. It's been marinated. I said, marinated with what? <laughs> oh, with olive oil. Yeah, yeah, sure it is. You wouldn't spend it on motor oil. Never mind olive oil. Oh, my God. That was a hard experience. And my kids, right? You could say, wherever you want to go, oh, Ciceless, please. And if you go by there, our metropolitan area now, empty. It's been empty for years. It's like a browning field. Nobody would go near the place because it's toxic. Oh, I hated that, sis. And then they give the kids balloons, right? Ooh, daddy, daddy, you are giving balloons out. Yeah, it's a lure. It's like a Venus flytrap. We'll give balloons to your kids, and then you'll die of ptomaine poisoning and salmonella from lettuce that is oldie moldy and has motor oil on it. Tell you, out some of that lettuce, tastes like motor oil. WD-40. I mean, what the hell? Sizzlers. Oh, I got all this cash. Where are you going? Are you going to Disney World? No, I'm going to Sizzlers. I can just see. Winner of next year's Super Bowl, right? Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to Sizzlers. Oh, God. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Uh, to original Rick in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here. Rick. Yeah. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, about the money, absolutely, I would pick it up because clearly it would be a sign from God that He wants me to have more money. Okay. <laughs> in, and God, who am I in God, God, God we trust, right? right? Everything has right. in God we trust on it. There we go. And and I wouldn't
7: I wouldn't be out there collecting it on the street. I I just take it from someone who already did. You know, because you, if you take from a thief, it's not stealing.
3: So. whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on, a second. Let me let me decipher that. So you yourself would not stoop down and end up having to take a Bengay bath because you'd be stooping down a lot. You would wait for the stupor to finish cleaning up the cash, and then how would you get it from the stupor? Oh, I'd call him over, you know, and then
7: just, you know, be a Jersey guy and, and take it from him and drive off.
3: Wow. So you, you'd rob them. So it's not stealing if you steal from a thief, right? In fact, it's anti thievery, I would say. Oh, so it's like Robin Hood, right? <laughs> oh, it's two it's negatives make a positive. I just stole from a thief, so it, it's okay. Now, Original Rick, have you ever been to the racetrack, Original Rick, in your life and time? Yeah, I didn't really enjoy it because I love animals. I think they miss misbehavior. Oh, no, no, understood. But there is a class of people that are called stupors. And they walk around, they have little plastic bags, and you know, you have the paramutual tickets. Sometimes generate gamblers, horse gamblers like uh, uh, Frank Morano, they buy wads of these tickets, and, and they don't always look through them. A lot of times they're cursing because they lost, and they throw the paramutual tickets in the air, and they don't realize, they do not realize, ladies and gentlemen, that they just threw away maybe a winner. And these stupors are usually older guys. They love the track, but they got no money. So they go around, and they stoop, and they pick up all these tickets. And people are like, what are you picking up those tickets for? And then they go to the machines, and they put them in the machines. And occasionally, boom, they hit. They spend their whole life at the tracks, walking around, being a stupor. In fact, this one guy, he had a brace on his back. I said Oh, you got hardening of the arteries? He goes, no, I'm a stupor. I said, on your IRS form, do you put my vocation as stupor? He goes, what, are you a wise guy? You think I report this to the IRS? No, 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 no. Hey, finders keepers, losers weepers. And I'm trying to figure out for myself, who created that statement? Was that like part of a nursery rhyme? I've heard that my whole life. Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Who invented that? Who created that? What ethnic group wants to take responsibility? What what country of your former origin, you know, did, was that hatched from? Was that like gypsies? Oh, wait a second. Can't call them gypsies anymore. Roma people. You know, from Transylvania there between Romania and Hungary. Have you ever seen the gypsies? I mean, Roma people. You go to the central train stations, wherever you are in Eastern Europe, and they're there. And the women have these flowing dresses, very colorful, and they're there to distract you. Because they're basically coming up to you and saying, you want a date? Meantime, they have no interest in you, Ken, none whatsoever. But the other kids, they come up to you and they pickpocket you. And then they run out the door. And then you look at the woman, and she says, in the language of her country of origin, psych, sucker, sucker. Time down in South Beach with the trendoids, freakasoids, jet setters, and Eurotrash. And our own Sid Rosenberg at our, at our mothership station, WABC, used to hang with the homies there, Two Life Crew. Remember Two Life Crew? This, this song was like off the charts. Banned in the USA was about free speech. You know, before there was Elon Musk talking about free speech. Who was it It had an anthem about free speech? Two live crew. And who knew two Life crew? Oh, no doubt about it. Sid Rosenberg, man. He was down there in southern Florida for years, years, swearing he was going to climb his way back to New York City. And let me tell you something. The ratings are in for the flagship station of the Frank Morano syndicated network. Sid Rosenberg, number one, better than ever before. Just blew it up, blew it up, which makes it so much easier for the rest of us. The rest of us as uh, part of the team here at the mothership station, WABC. I know it's made it easier for me and everyone else. Cause when you're the morning guy, the morning team, it's like a relay race. You know, you just got it. you you bust out of the blocks and if all of a sudden you're in the lead the rest of us can just wheeze home. If you don't get a good start out of the starting blocks, the rest of the team can never catch up, they can never pass by the competition. So in honor of uh, Sid Rosenberg, let's 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 hear his anthem, right? Two live crew to
4: say what we want to say, we have to Not doing your house, so what I do in my house is my business, and the simple fact of it all is that we are bonded by the First Amendment. We have the freedom of expression, we have the freedom of choice, and you, Chinese black, green, like purple, you, you have the right to listen to whoever you want to, and even it. two lives, two, live two live. I'm the man. So, all you right wingers, left wingers, bigots. Communists, there is a place for you in this world Because this is the land of the free, the home of the brave And 2 lives is what we are Boy, I
12: love
3: being right, huh?
4: I'm the man Spectacular I'm insane I'm the man
3: I'm telling you, man, Sid Rosenberg used to hang out with the Homies 2 Live crew again before there was Elon Musk who didn't just preach First Amendment uh, rights of free speech but rescued uh, Twitter and now guarantees that the uh, community town board has returned where almost anything can be said or posted except for Kanye Kanye has been put on the shelf again after that appearance with that uh, freakazoid, that kukulamunga, that Fruit Loop trooper. Oh, my God. Mm. Yep. <laughs> He's back in the bullpen, enough, trying to get back on Twitter after his appearance yesterday, which was like off the charts. What was that? The War Machine. Who is that guy? He was on with yesterday. I'm running. I mean, there've been so many. I'm getting a Vertical, Alex Jones, The War Room, uh, you know, Apocalypse Now, Chris Cuomo, Fredo on a program I can't even find on the 2,852 stations that we have on cable. Is he? Is he on? Or is maybe if I get rabbit ears, you know? On the top of the apartment, uh, I can pick that up. But this guy, Kanye, he's like doing everything. But anyway, forget Kanye for a second. It is about free speech. And obviously, Sid Rosenberg, one of the best uh, to ever do this, especially in Morning Drive. But I want to salute Michael Mbaricis now, because when it comes to the First Amendment rights of free speech, Rudy Giuliani. Greatest mayor we ever had in New York, ever. And mayor for America, mayor for the world. Is always, I mean, pushing to new limits in terms of where you can go and talk radio. I knew when he was mayor, he would make a great talk show host. At the old WABC... Our old mothership connection, Two Plaza, 17th floor, right above Madison Square Garden, which is like Sodom and Gomorrah now. It's like Dante's Inferno downstairs. Rudy would come up when he was mayor every mid-morning on Fridays. The program was asked the mayor, and he came in like a regular talk show host. He didn't want anybody screening the calls. It was just like he goes, load and fire. And I mean, you knew right then and there that Rudy, whatever he was going to do, this was 1999, whatever he was going to do after that was going to make a great talk show host. You know, it may have taken a few years because remember, he was yet to run for the presidency. He was a dollar short and a day late. And then obviously he is like an appendage to Donald Trump. Whatever Trump does, it's on Rudy. Whatever Rudy does is on Trump. But I want to play for you. Pure great talk radio, the way it's supposed to be done. The way it was done when my mentor did it on a regular basis here at the Mothership Station, WABC, the king of all local talk radio, Bob Grant. Here was Rudy arguing with a caller on behalf of the fact that he had immediately cracked down on anybody who had a ferret, or anyone who had these other exotic animals. For instance, if I remember correctly from back then, polar bears, venomous centipedes, zebras, all non-human primates. I mean, Rudy cracked down on everything. He was a prude and a puritan. So he banned these things. I mean, two live crew would have said, enough, Rudy. You're going to ban ferrets? And the guy who was the head of the movement, you know, to protect ferrets everywhere, and especially in Giuliani land, got on with Rudy man, and they had a radio rumble.
12: This is Rudy Giuliani back again on the air. Now we're gonna go. We're gonna go to David in Oceanside.
1: Hello, Mr. Giuliani. We uh, speak again. Hi, David. Uh, let me introduce myself again. David Goodhart, executive president of New York Ferrets Rights Advocacy. Uh, last week, when we spoke, uh, uh, you said a very disparaging remark to me that I should get a life. That was very unprofessional of you. Here we're trying to get something I, I, seriously done. Without you talking over me,
7: we're trying to get something very seriously David,
12: done. David, you're on my show. I have the right to talk over you.
7: But here's the thing. You and talked over fact me the last time, and, and the fact and trying David. Fa- David. important issue taken care of where the city is violating state law. Yeah. And I told you
1: last week if you care about the law.
12: Yes, I do care about the law. I think so, you have sir, totally and absolutely misinterpreted the law because there's something deranged about you.
7: No, there isn't, sir. You, The, the, the
12: excessive the concern that you have fair. for Ferris is something you should examine with a therapist.
7: Sir, understand it. Well,
1: first
12: of all, you not of, with me.
7: insulting me again.
12: I'm not insulting. I'm being just honest just with you. Maybe me. nobody in your life sir, has ever been honest with you. But there's excessive... I
7: happen to be more sane than you.
12: David,
2: first of all, there is something... There something is a serious... Her. There is a David. This
12: conversation is over, David. Thank you. There is something really, really very sad about you. You need help. You need somebody to help you. This excessive concern with little weasels is a sickness. I'm sorry. That's my opinion. You don't have to accept it. There are probably very few people that would be as honest with you about that. But you should go consult a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And have him help you with this excessive concern, how you are devoting your life to weasels. There are people in this city and in this world that need a lot of help. There's something that has gone wrong with you. Your compulsion about it, your excessive concern with it, is the sign of something wrong in your personality. I do not mean to be insulting. I'm trying to be honest with you, and I'm trying to give you advice for your own good. You have a sickness, and I know it's hard for you to accept that because you hang on to this sickness and it's your shield, it's your whatever. I, you know, you got to go to somebody who understands this a lot better than I do. And I know you're real angry at me and you're going to attack me, but actually you're angry at yourself. And what you're 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 afraid of what I'm raising with you. You know, you need help. And please get it. Now we're going to move on to Richard in the Bronx.
3: Now, that could easily be uh, Rudy talking to Kanye West, right? I mean, Rudy is a shrink a psychology. Look at Ferret Boy there. And remember, he created the term derangement, right? Ferret derangement syndrome, which has now been translated to Trump derangement syndrome, right? Rudy uses that all the time. Oh, you're a victim of Trump derangement syndrome. Now, that was 1999, right? And I knew he would be a great talk show host. And let me tell you, the guy who followed him, Michael Bloomberg, Jewish guy from outside of uh, Boston. His father was uh, a mail deliverer, so he did not come from a family of great wealth. And then you know the rest of this story. He created these terminals on Wall Street, and he's making money hand over fist today. He's a Jewish guy. I'm telling you, I've grown up with so many Jews, but a guy who wanted to be a wasp. You know, like Sid Rosenberg wanted to be born an Italian, not a Jew. Uh, Bloomberg, it's like he should have been born a wasp. God, you say Jewish, you know, you go, ah, chew. He goes, no, 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 no. Uh, oh, do I have to put a yarmulke on now? No, he never wanted to be Jewish. And then he would come in and he would do the yes, Ask the Mayor. Because he had inherited, he had won the position after nine eleven. Uh He served two terms, and then he stole a third term. You know, Mr. Term Limits, right? And he bribed all the city council people to give him another four years. And they would march in with a whole army of aides. And they would push the phone screener off. Her name was Flirty Flipper at that time, Jill Vitali, Get out of here. Go t- hey, he'd give her like $100. Go get yourself some uh, breakfast. Get a brunch. And they'd have this guy there, their own guy, who would do all the phone screening. So anybody negative, like you heard calling uh, Rudy, would not be permitted. And they would have their own callers. They'd have fake callers, full callers. Oh, Michael Bloomberg, you're the best thing since Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus walked across the Sea of Galilee, Right. You know, that's you. That's you, Michael. Well, you know, I'm trying my best here, you know. Uh, thank you very much. And it would be all this. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. It He'd give a diabetic insulin shock. It was lousy talk radio, horrible talk radio. This guy, Stu Lozier, would do that. Talk about a weasel. This guy was trained by the schmuck to putz Chuck E. Cheese Schumer. He would dig for dirt. And he would be with Bloomberg. He's the one who scared off Anthony Weiner. That's right, my partner on Saturdays, Left versus Right. They came with him with a dossier when Anthony Weiner was going to run against Bloomberg who wanted a third term, and Weiner would have killed him. The poll said Weiner wins. And then Stu Lowes Hey, Anthony, come here. See this dossier? And Anthony disappeared for about a month. Nobody saw Anthony. All of a sudden, he wasn't running. Yeah, he didn't answer his phone calls, nothing. And a guy named Billy Thompson ran no money, and they savaged him right away. He was having problems in his marriage. Oh, my God, they dropped palms. And Billy Thompson almost beat him. Almost beat Michael Bloomberg. He spent $100 million. I hate Michael Bloomberg. By the way, he was a lousy talk show host, not like Rudy. Now, speed it up 23 years later. Here's Rudy yesterday. And here I'm on the Mothership Station, WABC, 3 to 4, Monday through Friday's. And callers is still trying to get to Rudy. Still. 23 years later, and the guy, he hasn't lost a beat.
13: Oh, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm am a great admirer of yours, sir. Well, and, uh, well thank you, Terry, and don't be nervous.
12: Ner- N- nothing to be nervous about. Just <laughs> if, tell us what you think. That's I, what we're here for.
13: If I
1: start rambling or whatever, that's the reason why. But um, I, I wanted, first off, did you see the interview with Kanye West on with Alex Jones just before your show started? I don't know. You haven't talked about it. but it No, was really no, wild, I didn't. Sir. I did
12: not. I, did, I, didn't, I didn't. He. I didn't know that Alex Jones was interviewing him. Is that right?
1: Yeah, he interviewed him, and uh, he said some pretty wild stuff. And I guess he was on Tim Pool. He's been saying some, you know, anti-Semitic stuff. And I think a lot of people have been saying that uh, that you know Trump's association to him could hurt Trump possibly. But I There's other people who are saying, I, yeah, they're saying it's not going to hurt him because he's you know he's already associated with somebody who you know married their cousin. So I mean, what would it even matter at that point? You
12: really right? are a jackass, aren't you? <laughs> And you think somehow it's going to bother me? All it all it tells me is you're you're kind of a jackass, and you got nothing better to do. And I hope you work and support your family. Hmm. Any good psychiatrist up in Albany that can help you?
3: See, he's still twenty three years later. He's referring this guy to a psychiatrist like he did Ferret Man, but. He had to deal with these guys back to back belly to belly. Another caller followed right on the heels of that first guy who was pranking Rudy. Listen, let's go to uh
12: <laughs> let's go to George, who also wants to talk about China. He's from Brooklyn.
7: Hey, Rudy. hey uh, George.' It's good to, good to speak with you. How are you? What's up? doing well. No, so it's amazing to me that people still consider
10: China an ally. You know, they do. I I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah.
12: Well, but didn't Biden tell us that during the campaign that they really aren't an enemy that uh, that he actually I'll get that quote out for you. But during the campaign, he he basically said that China really is a nice country and they're not really an enemy. But I guess if you got thirty one million dollars from you feel differently. Right.
10: But, yeah, I heard someone say that they were our cousin in Asia. Well, if they're our cousins, then we should have intercourse with them. Right, Rudy? Oh, we
12: we got a bunch of wackos today, huh? You think that was funny? Hey, Jerko.
10: Yeah, that was pretty funny.
12: Yeah, You think that you think that was funny? I think you're an absolute ass. <laughs> you must have a very low IQ if that's the best you can come up with. So let's see if we can get
3: somebody who's serious. They see, that's, that's a great talk show host, right? 1999 hasn't lost a beat. With everything that Rudy's been through, he understands this thing of ours. It's not just happy talk. How many times? Hey, look, I'm not going to mention names at this stage. Oh, I love you. You love me. I love you. It's Barney Radio. I want to shoot Barney. How many times I'd have to sit there with that purple monster with my sons? I love you. You love me. You know, I call it Barney Radio. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, I appreciate it. Oh, I need sickle fans, toadies, and lackeys to build up my self-esteem, my ego. Because please keep telling me what a great talk show host or hostess I am. How I'm the best you ever listened to. And and we're not going to take any negative calls, right? All right, telephone talent coordinator Ken, right? You screen out all the negative wackos. Not for me, not for Rudy, and not for Sid Rosenberg. We thrive on that. We th- That's great talk radio. Now, let me compare it with bells and whistles. And it proves how bad they are now. The uh, seeds, the acorns fell very close to the tree. And when it came to talk radio, they suck. I'm talking about uh, Fredo, right? Chris Cuomo. He does a podcast, The Worst. And now Andrew evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo the second, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta, King Cuomo the first. He does a podcast, and that sucks too. They are like the two worst podcasts you would ever want to hear. But it all started with the father, Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo. They thought, oh, he's a great orator. He could be the president at the Moscone Center in 1988. He gave the welcoming speech. They already had Cuomo for president buttons on the streets of San Francisco. The very time that Walter Mondale was nominated to be president and Geraldine Ferrara, the housewife of Forest Hills. Yeah, housewife, my talker. She was never a housewife, but she was running as vice president, the congresswoman. Then they started Mario Cuomo on an ABC network show that we carried at that time. He started with 240 stations, right? Guy had never done talk radio and his life. This is the Hamlet on the Hudson. If you would ask him, would you like a chocolate cone or a vanilla cone? The guy would vacillate. He'd be like arguing with himself for like twenty minutes. They were make the worst talk show hosts. Politicians in general exempt Rudy. Horrible talk show hosts because they speak in a seven second sound delay. Who am I offending? I might run for office again. Gee, I, I don't want to be offensive to anybody. So you know what? I'll be like milk toast. I'll do boring radio because I am who I am. You know who I am. Now nah, you're a person of no consequence. Listen to Mario Faccia Brutta Como.
11: Good weekend to you. San Diego, California, and Rhode Island, and in all the places in between, this is Mario Cuomo. Things are always ending. Things are always beginning. This, as you may know, is the last live show in this program that I'll be doing. For the next four months, I'll be putting a sharper focus and a greater emphasis on the campaigns for President and Congress. With in-person appearances, I'll be traveling around the country a great deal, making speeches, having debates... With people like Jack Kemp and Bill Bennett, and uh, doing some uh, guest spots on radio, television, we'll do a series on CNN Sundays at ab- 12 o'clock. The Frank Sesno Show, Bill Bennett and I will be on on alternate weekends throughout the campaign, and maybe we'll be doing something from the convention. So we're we're beginning something new, at least for the four months until. After the election which is November fifth, but it's much too soon to say so. Long we have a whole lot of conversation still ahead of us—three hours of it, to be precise. Oh, God. On this Independence Day weekend, So we'll take down the numbers, because there'll be a great deal to talk about. God. If you want to call, one eight hundred eight two five five one eight eight. No, oh, I don't. Eight hundred eight two five 1-800-825-5188. If you'd prefer to fax, and the fax will work. Right, three that's hours. how. That works. works vigorously, indeed one
3: 800
11: 588 Oh, God, that was so bad. And the reason it was
3: his last show is they were taking him off the air. So in typical fashion, instead of saying, you know, I'm a great orator, I've been a great governor, I could be the president, I could be a future United States Supreme Court justice, I could be any of those. But as a talk radio show host, I really suck. Because I have no opinions. I won't offend anybody. And every time I offend anybody, I spend a half hour apologizing on wounded knee. That makes for lousy talk radio. That's why you got to listen to Sid Rosenberg when he opens up the phone lines and the callers. They go right, right for his throat. Or myself, right, when I'm doing my stream of consciousness, theater of the mind. They go right for the throat and Rudy. Now, you heard him, 23 years later, they're still pranking him. And, man, he's like, he didn't hang up on him. He continued to talk to him. Hey, jerky boy, right? This is the former mayor of, of the world. <laughs> you see, if you don't have it in you, you're never going to be a good talk show host. You, you're just taking up real estate. It's like this Mamsie, pamsy I love you, you love me. It's like, oh, God. I love Trump. Biden sucks. Oh, God. It's like, same old, same. You might as well get the Xerox copy out, right? Whether it's a guy or a gal, it's the same thing. And they apologize to the callers, right? I'm I'm sorry. You, You know, I misunderstood you. No, get off my phone, you jerk. I mean, all of this, this thing of ours, and yet, when you see you do real talk radio the way real people think, the way real people talk. This is the way New Yorkers talk. This is the way they feel. They're in your face. This isn't leave it to Beaverland, father knows best, little house on the prairie. It's raw. It's uncensored to a degree. There's certain things we can't say. But we go right for the jugular, too. And the callers go right for the jugular. And that's like ammonia and bleach. It's like two scorpions in a brandy glass. Love it. Can't get enough of that. And then you go back to what I'll call NPR radio, right? Oh, God, excruciating. No, no, never, never. I've been doing this 35 years. This thing that we love. This thing that everyone has predicted would be dead and buried like five times over. You look at Rudy, right? What was it? Two years ago? No, one year ago, in April. The FBI bum-rushed his apartment, took everything out. He could have easily crawled into a hole, listened to his lawyers, don't say anything, don't piss off the FBI, the Justice Department, you know, U.S. Attorney's Office, the one you were the head of previously. Just stay quiet. We don't want to upset them. Not Rudy. Next day, the hell is this? This is communism. That's great talk radio, right? He put everything on the line. Sid Rosenberg crawled back out of the belly of the beast. He's in a he's in a little little closet down in Florida doing radio. And then he climbed his way back. And now we're number one in the mornings because of his work and his previous partner, Bernard. God rest his soul. He's up there, radio heaven. He got an easy pass there. But now Sid Solo, great radio. Frank Murano he had to go talk radio. Uh, talk radio men and women uh, reached out and threw him a lifeline after that attempt to do a Howard Stern uh, hypnosis of the listeners. Didn't work for Stern, and it didn't work for Frank. Uh, Frank, like, crashed and burned on that. So he's uh, he's at talk Talk radio boot camp and building up his self-esteem again. He'll, he'll come back. He'll come back better than ever. And if given an opportunity, I'm telling you what I'm going to do. If he continues like this, you know, things that other people do. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't do your own thing. Don't do what Stern did. Do your own thing. I will perform an exorcism on all of his listeners. Very much like the exorcist. Yeah, look. Look, it's gotta be it's gotta happen. It's gotta happen. Because now you gotta stay pace. Remember Frank Morano for a while there, right? Number one in the ratings, right? Ain't happening no more. I came back from the mayor's race, right? And I said, Man, I'm gonna pass you by. I've been doing this thirty five years, guy. You know, you're good, but you ain't better than me. And now, after what? A year. Back on track after I lost the mayoral race to uh, Eric Adams, Swagger Man with No Plan. I'm number two. Number two in terms of ratings and sales to the big guy in the morning, Sid Rosenberg. Oh, yeah, this thing of Ozzy, love radio. It's theater of the mind. It's not like TV. It's not like you got to look at pictures and the pictures tell you the story. No, 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 no. And I take you to the break of dawn. Oh, yeah, I take you to the break of dawn.
1: The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano. Frank Marano.
8: Himself, and he was a really good architect and uh and so you're in love with the with the with the with the with the, arch- the, the, the look of it
4: and he didn't kill six million jews that's just
8: like factually incorrect yeah, let's get the ronald reagan clip they showed me yesterday sorry go ahead ronald reagan said that too well i think hitler did target and kill some people so i think you know i think obama killed palestinians <coughs> no i hear you here here's where i think the frustration is and nick you can comment on this and
4: obama was not the first black president he was another jewish president They want to separate and confuse the Christians and make us afraid to stand next to each other. A Christian can stand next to anyone. We can go visit R. Kelly in prison. We can go talk to Harvey Weinstein. That's what Jesus did. Yes, because Jesus can save everyone. And, but if the Zionists can get us so afraid that they're gonna do what they've been doing to me, attempting to put me in jail, freeze my accounts, smearing me on the media, you know, All of these things, you know, you put on the whole armor of God and they will not be able to break your spirit. Literally, every every one of y'all others, y'all all saw. Come, I want to see me. Every fake gangster, so-called killer, any basketball player, any rapper, any actress, any musician, any model, any editor. Come see me. Come see God's child right now, please. I want it. I want. I want to see my mama. You know what I'm saying? Dude, you can't. You can't touch in Jesus' name, baby.
3: See, I play EDM, electronic dance music, and this is a song dedicated to Kanye. When he wasn't quite so titched, ubat, with all the furniture upstairs and rearranged in the wrong rooms. When he, well, we didn't know at the time that he was an anti semite telling Harvey Levin back in TMZ 2018. Oh, I love Hitler. I love the Nazis. Really, Kanye, you really want to say that in this interview? Uh, Harvey, I really want to say that. Okay, Kanye. And then they left it on the cutting room floor, right? Tucker Carlson. Oh, you know, I really love uh, Hitler and uh, I love the Nazis. Kanye, you, you really want to say that? Absolutely, Tucker. You know what? Let's leave it on the cutting room floor. This guy has been talking this way since 2018, and he's been protected. Why? Because he was a moneymaker. That's why they're protecting him, and he was hooked up with Baby Got Back, the Kardashians. So he was making people money. But to be honest, he was talking this way since 2018. You know, grab Harvey Levin. Well, he used to do the interviews outside of the—well, what court show was that, Right? Uh, to the the People's Court, right? Remember? Hey, let's get Harvey out there. Hey, Harvey, uh, how come you? You're a Jew and a gay guy, right? You're part of the final solution. They would have executed you for both. This guy's telling you in an interview he loves Hitler, he loves Nazis, and you're like, really? Yeah. You want that in the interview? Absolutely. And you leave it on the cutting room floor. You know how many others said, oh, yeah, come into a meeting. I love Hitler. I love Nazis. You know, springtime for Hitler. He played that music on his boombox there. Oh, my God. And they're all acting like, whoa, it's shocking. It's revelation. This is the way he's been since 2018. You knew it. You just didn't expose it because he was good for ratings. He was selling a lot of apparel, you know, Yeezy, Yay, Yo, whatever the hell your name is uh, this day sanctimonious hypocrites out there. They knew he was an anti-Semite. They knew he was saying this. They had him on record. They had him on recordings. And they left it on the cutting room floor. Harvey Levin, you're, you're a good booker boy, right? right? You, you went to shul, right? right? You should impale yourself with a menorah. You believe this? And they're all like, I'm shocked. I'm, I can't believe it. He's like melting down. He's been melting down since 2018. You just didn't want us to know that because he was making your money. Now he couldn't put two nickels together. He's like that FTX guy, Sam, right? Uh, Sam, oh, I only have $100,000 left. Yeah, $32 billion you stole. But when they're making money, right, Sam? Oh, guru. Oh, the golden child. Oh, let's invest money. He's, he's made off Junior. Oh, yeah, FTX forever. Right? Jimmy Kramer, the rest of them, oh, yeah, FTX. Now all of a sudden, where'd the money go? Oh, he's no good. He's a fiend. Uh. Hey, man, we've been down this road before. They knew that Kanye West, a.k.a. Yeezy, a.k.a. Yee-yay, Ye was a hardcore anti-Semite. They never exposed that. When he would go into meetings, he would not only play pornography, right? You would think, what kind of a whack job is playing triple X-rated pornography? And they're all sitting there saying, well, that's a very unique position. Uh, I wonder, is that Gumby? Is that Gumby there uh, who's starring in that triple X-rated porno movie? And they had to placate him. Whatever Kanye said, because his name, his brand meant instant gold. All of these companies, sanctimonious hypocrites. And then he'd say, let's have, a com- let's have a little conversation about Hitler. I really admire Hitler and the Nazis. Really, Kanye? Yeah, I mean, let's talk a little bit about him. You know, I, I watched him 24 hours straight on the History Channel, the Hitler Channel. That's my favorite channel. Adidas, all these companies that dropped him like a, a bad habit all knew this the Kardashians knew this oh uh, Kanye could you save that for one of our episodes you know when it may be the final episode and we need a ratings boost could you just you know wait don't say that now wait wait for the final episode and just let it all let the bio come out and now you're getting it free because he can't make anybody any money so they're watching this man self-destruct a man that everyone recognizes has screws loose. It's like a call for help. And they're all saying, wait, please. Okay, I need to interview you. I mean, Chris Cuomo. Who who knew where to even find Chris Cuomo, right? Other than that compound out in Southampton, you know, with uh, Joe Pacoco, the leg breaker. Who they're going to give a retrial at the United States Supreme Court? He did six years for political corruption for the Cuomos, and that's where Andrew evilized Cuomo and is. I got a podcast. Yeah, my plumber has a podcast. My dentist has a podcast. I don't even have time to listen to any podcast. I'm going to be listening to you talk about. Oh, I'm great. I'm wonderful. While you're, uh, while you're actually pleasurizing yourself. Are you crazy? Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to think about this. We knew this guy was this way. Now we know he has been this way since 2018. Nobody said nothing. Not even Jews who were listening to him. You say to yourself, wait a second. Harvey. Harvey Levitt. Good Jewish boy, good of boy, gay guy, right? Both of you, that's it. Both both Harvey Levins would have been in the final solution, right? For being gay and for being Jewish. You hear this guy say that? He does it on an interview. You ask him, you sure you want this in the interview? Absolutely. I want the world to know that uh, Hitler, he was a really good guy, and I admire the Nazis. Leave it on the cutting room floor. Oh, did you see what he said? Been saying this all along. Been saying it all along. The only time he didn't say that, what? He was drunk. He had the champagne. He went on the stage. What was that? The MTV Awards. What was that that? was what, what, that was in Britney Spears. Oh, who was that? Oh my God. Oh, I hate Taylor Swift. Man hater. She's the president of the Man Haters Club of America and its best member. She is like a man eater, right? It's like you hook up with uh, what's her name again? I, I hate her so much. Taylor Swift. And, Taylor Swift. And she, like, chews your head off. You know, you're a guy. And then all of a sudden, you look down your trousers and you've lost your manhood. Taylor Swift. And then she does a song about you, dissing you. And so, remember, Kanye West went up there on the stage in a drunken Yeah, you know, Beyoncé. By the way, I love Hitler and I really love Nazis. (laughs) You know, that crowd would have said, bleep, bleep that out, bleep. All the crowd would have said, bleep it. Can't do that to our homie, Kanye. Yeezy, yay, you, yo, whatever he calls himself today. Traveling with the three stooges. You know, Milo, uh, what the hell is his name? Indianapolis or whatever the hell. Friend of Sid Rosenberg. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sid's got to tell you, you know, uh, when Bernie and Sid had the show at the old WABC studios, Milo was a regular guest. You know, he was totally gay at the time, he said. He had a black boyfriend, they were tying the knot. They were getting married. And, in fact, you know who was there, sitting right there in the front row? Sid and Bernie. Yeah. Oh, they were the best of buddies. Now, all of a sudden, hey, Milo, how's your husband doing? Well, he met Jacoby. I met Myers. We went our separate way. I'm now straight. You're straight. You mean you you no longer have uh, feelings for Sid Rosenberg because you had something going on there. I thought you were going to cheat on your black uh, gay husband there. You know, every time you saw Sid... In his Joseph Aboud suit. Yeah, there was like a little magic there. I'm telling you. You ever, you ever look through the window, the bulletproof window that separates the studio from uh, the board operator and the telephone talent coordinator? There was a little magic there. How come he doesn't have Milo on, right? I mean, Milo is like for Toots, for Sid. He's like, oh, I hope. I hope Sid calls. Yeah, they'll bring on little neo Nazi boy Fuentes, right? And then what, what kind of a, hey, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be great? We, we saved Kanye's interview with Sid and he comes in with a Klan hat on, <laughs> you know, a Klan hat, you know, a pillow, a pillow over his head. I'm a Klan guy with little holes in it so he can see out of it. I believe in the Klan plan. Ladies and gentlemen. This guy's been saying this since 2018. The Kardashians knew it. Harvey Levin knew it. Adidas knew it. All the other companies that were with him knew it. And they just decided we got to save Kanye from himself. Why? Because are you, are you humanitarians? No, because he's making us a lot of money. And if he starts attacking Jews and and doing zig Heil to Nazis and say Hitler is a great man, it's over. The gravy train is over. Sanctimonious hypocrites. Anyway, uh, when we come back, I got to give an update on a hero. Kanye is a school ball who needs help. And now people are finally saying we need to help him. Uh, where were you in 2018, Right. As you, as you pointed out, Matt Blaze, could you repeat it for our audience? Where where are all the friends of Kanye who pimped a ride off for him, huh? Where are all those friends? Gone. Right? Gone. Uh, who, who are they? Who are they that pimped a ride off for him? Oh, he, Kanye's friends. Yeah. You're talking about
8: uh, with the, other, the, the, the hangers on? Jay-Z, oh, Beyonce. Beyonce. Jay-Z, be- Beyonce. Where, where are they now, right? Are they there? Nowhere to be found. How right, come you, in, I, they
3: Dave, Dave Chappelle was at his cabin out there in the middle of nowhere in Idaho, Wyoming, or Montana, one of those all white states out there where they permitted those were the only two black guys they permitted to come in.
11: Yeah, they're all gone now. Gone. How, how come they're not helping Kanye? They don't
3: want to know anything about Kanye. I'm telling Sid Rosenberg, exclusive interview if he calls Milo, his very dear friend, who's now straight. You don't have to worry. It's nothing else going to be going on because Milo t- says, I'm a straight guy now. And bring in Kanye, right? Because you know, Sid would have Kanye here, no doubt. Like every everyone here, we all whore ourselves out. And Kanye comes in with the Klan hood on. You know, because he's got to do something different than he did yesterday. I- I'm part of the Klan plan. Yeah, the Grand Wizard. I, I wish I was born to the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs>
1: Other side of midnight. 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 midnight, it's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano.
2: Gotta
3: give you an update. Sid Rosenberg's friend, my friend, in a political battle for his political life, is a hero. I mean, that, that term is used too liberally. It's uh, applied to so many people nowadays. Whenever they do anything uh, that's good, we'll call it good, but they shouldn't be called a hero. Hero, let's face it, should be used rarely. I remember going into a deli, ordering a hero. Liverwish, please. Can you put Liverwish on the hero? And please, cut it the right way. Uh, It's got to be thick. Thick. Liverwish. Oh, God. The worst stuff. Boar's head. Got to be boar's head. I'll have a Liverwish hero, please. Little lettuce. Little, uh, no mayonnaise on Liverwish. Oh, God. That's horrible. You know, a little bit of mustard. You got to have that uh, Kosciuszko mustard, the Polish mustard, right? A little tomato there. Oh, that's great. Oh, man. That sticks to your ribs all day. A liverwish hero with Kosciuszko, not Kosciuszko, like Gavon say, Kosciuszko mustard. But anyway, a real hero, Tom Sullivan from the Irish Riviera, out where not just, um, not just Sid Rosenberg lives now, but also Lou, the board operator, is coming on at 6 o'clock. It's Tom Sullivan. Tom Sullivan from the patriotic clan known as the Sullivan Brothers. They should make a movie about the Sullivan Brothers. Remember, I forget the name of the Irish family that served in the World War II. All of them were uh, in the Navy, and unfortunately they perished, and they made a rule that siblings cannot serve together on the same uh, battleship or cruiser or aircraft carrier should all of a sudden they go down to Davy Jones's locker. But they should make a movie about the Sullivan boys because they're all heroes in their own right. But nobody, more of a hero than Tom Sullivan, served uh, in the United States military in war and then was helping to bring bodies out of the 9-11 inferno. And it was an inferno. And so he said, you know, I got to do something for my community. So first he ran for state senate as a Republican conservative against... um, a guy named Joe Adabo, who, who, is, uh, who landed on third base politically because his father was the congressman. They've named a bridge that connects Howard Beach to Broad Channel after his father's name. And he basically uh, has bought up everybody. So he ran against him, ran a good race. Everyone acknowledged that, but lost fair and square. So then he decided, I'm going to take on the assemblywoman, a woman named Pfeiffer. It's a legacy because her mother who is the grand dame of Democratic politics in Queens. She is the Queens uh, clerk, which has a direct relationship to all the New York State Supreme Court judges who serve in Queens. Her name is Audrey Pfeiffer. She's 80 years old. She's as old as Joe Biden. She's got to go. So she's put the fix in with the New York State Supreme Court judges who have to hear this case of Tom Sullivan defending his victory against her daughter, Pfeiffer, who has served three terms already. Um, Audrey had served 12 terms. So that's 30 years of fee-fi-fo-fum Pfeiffer's. Time to go. And so in the general election, in the midterm election, Tom Sullivan won by close to 300 votes. And then all of a sudden they counted the absentee ballots. And when all was said and done, uh, Tom Sullivan was ahead by 247 votes. Slam dunk, he's the winner, right? But oh, no. Uh, The Pfeiffer said there are 96 absentee ballots that were looked at by both Democrats and Republicans together from the Board of Elections, and they dismissed it. They said they're not valid. So um, all of a sudden they said, no, we're going to bring it to court because we have our friends In New York State Supreme Court. In fact, Mommy Audrey is a conciliary to the New York Supreme Court justices who serve in Queens as the county clerk. And by the way, uh, my stepfather, oh, he's the lobbyist for all the state court officers in the New York State court system. You think the hook is in? So you should know yesterday it was 930 in the morning. And Tom Sullivan and his supporters and his lawyers were in the court of Judge Joseph Rissi, R-I-S-I, Judge Joseph Rissi. They got the hook to Judge Joseph Rissi. Come on. He he paid for his judgeship. He paid $100,000 to buy the black regal robes. That's what you got to do in crooked Queens County with the Democratic machine. You got to contribute $100,000 to the annual dinner, and they'll make uh, Geppetto— he will make Geppetto a judge as long as, you know, the check doesn't bounce. So he's a judge, a big mark, uh, And so he listened to the arguments and the arguments were great arguments made by Tom Sullivan's attorney. But he seemed to be favoring the fifers, of course, because let's face it, the fifers butter his toast on both sides of the toast with marmalade. And so he's got to rule soon on this. He'll probably rule for the Pfeiffer clan, the corrupt clan that just wants to own the assembly seat out there in the Rockaways Broad Channel and Howard Beach. Well, once he rules on it, assuming he rules for the Pfeiffers, fee-fi-fo-fum, I smell the crookedness of the Pfeiffer family. Then it will go to the appeals court in the higher courts. And then, and only then, they'll have a full recount. And they're expecting to have this process finish, a decision by Wednesday. Now, how would they know they're going to have a decision by Wednesday? I mean, think about it, right? The fix is in. We got to fight this. Fight for the hero, Tom Sullivan. By the way, uh, yesterday, uh, Sid Rosenberg did not realize uh, that uh, he had once again become the ratings leader here at WABC. But... I contributed something I created uh, for him, the uh, Sid Rosenberg new wrap-up show. Announced that there would be a new feature for his show, except it wasn't during the four hours, Monday through Friday from 6 to 10 here on WABC. All these years, I've been so jealous of Howard Stern's wrap-up show with Gary Delabate. And who knew, for the last couple of weeks, I've got my own wrap-up show. And it starts right now. The Sid Rosenberg Wrap-Up Show with Curtis Slewa Curtis, take it away. And you will regret ever suggesting that. I promise you, Sid Rosenberg, this will become your worst nightmare. Because I'm going to cherry pick from your show. And it's going to be constructive. Uh, see what I got to tell you what I said. And boy, I went to war. I dropped verbal napalm. I took no prisoners. In fact, in my very first new wrap-up show for Sid Rosenberg, I said something that is going to cause him such agita, such grief, that he will say, maybe i got to take this back from Curtis Lee. Well, enjoy it!